Ladies and gentlemen, here comes the content. It's a beautiful day to stay inside. For this is a Fred the Alien Productions podcast. Yay! Yay! Indoors! Indoors! <laughs> <laughs> Look who's inside again. <laughs> <laughs> Went out to look for a reason, died again. Cue the music. I don't know what we're yelling about. We came, we saw, we kicked its ass. Are you telling me you built a time machine? Kind of a DeLorean? The way I see it, if you're going to build a time machine into a car, why not do it with some style? Who is this? What's your operating number? Morning conversation anyway. Hello! 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 I'm a Kendall Richardson. I'm a Fulia Kantarmaja. And I'm somewhat well rested, Michael Lister. <laughs> <laughs> and you are now experiencing a podcast called Friends! Yay! Happy New Year! Happy New Year, everyone! Welcome to 2022! 2022! Yeah. Or is it 2022? Electric Boogaloo Part 2 Yes, yes We won't won't touch on that Um, Nope, nope, nope Because (laughs) we are here As a distraction From just the world In general Because it's, you know, a new year But the same dumpster fire Um, (laughs) But that's that's okay That's okay Because we're here and we're back I uh, hope you guys missed us because we missed you. Um, as I'm speaking right now, it's just kind of nice to actually record a podcast again. It's the longest break in podcasting I've had personally in quite a Yay. while. So, but it was well deserved. Yeah, we needed a break. We needed a break. We were, you know, the fact that we were pretty much record um, every week of the year without fail, um, you know, because we love you guys so much and we love doing the show so much. It's just, yeah. I think, yeah, we definitely had earned a little bit of a rest. So, um, yeah. Sometimes creatives need to jump off that hamster wheel every now and again. Every now and again. But it is good. It is good to come back. I do feel a little bit refreshed. Yes. Now, if we wise. were if we were a Hamish and Andy podcast standards, we'd get we we would get our government's mandated uh, break of like three months. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, before and, we started up and just do reruns, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, best ofs and and clip shows, yeah, yeah. but not us, Cause, not us, because no. we're no. we're weekly relevant, uh, re- revel- re- relevant, <laughs> relevant. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, but you know we're here to have a good time, so um, it's yes. all it's all wonderful, wonderful, wonderful news. Okay, we're here. Um, it's been a bit, so there's going to be heaps of things to talk about, of course. You know we're here to talk about all the really cool uh, pop culture stuff that's been happening, and especially in regards to the film and TV shows that we have been consuming um, very recently. So I'm excited to get in and find out uh, what Fully has been watching during our little break. Yeah, so a couple of weeks have gone past since we last recorded and I have watched quite a few things. Um, starting off with Encanto. Hey. Encanto. I watched Encanto uh, that got released, I believe, 
Boxing Day for us um, and on Disney Plus, and my goodness, it's so good. I need to do a rewatch. <laughs> <laughs> it's a musical animated film, uh, and it, it was just absolutely wonderful. We did a trailer park for it, and, yeah, I really enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, nice. Yeah. Uh, another film... That was released very recently uh, was Ghostbusters Afterlife. Uh, and I got the opportunity to go and watch that with Kendall. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, so we experienced that together for the first time. We did. We did. Lots of fun. Lots of fun. <laughs> Lots of fun. I'm saving my thoughts for my turn. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I have good. things to say. <laughs> yes. That's kind good. of I, that's really kind of fitting because Kendall, you watched uh, Afterlife with Fulia and and you and I watched the uh, previous um, wh- uh, one. Yeah. That's when right. It, when it first came out. That's true. <laughs> yes. Wow. That's if the podcast were to end here, what a lovely bookend of, yes. of ghost busting <laughs> that would be. <laughs> nice. Um, but yeah, Ghostbusters Afterlife was really good, really fun. Um, have to admit, I was not expecting Paul Rudd's role to turn the way it did. <laughs> <laughs> but it was good nonetheless. Uh, and yeah, it was uh, nice to come across some of the uh, older characters and older ghosts uh, from the previous films. So that was a lot of fun to, mm-hmm. to see as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, speaking of which, I also finally came around before watching Afterlife, watch Ghostbusters 2. Yeah, <laughs> you did. <laughs> which Kendall introduced me to. So. I did. It was necessary. It was 100% necessary, although now that I think about it, it probably wasn't. <laughs> well, necessary just in terms of you need to watch this movie, but probably not necessary before Afterlife. No, okay. no. But it was fine. It was still good It fun. was fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, another, uh, what are we going to say? Another film that I watched was, uh, at the time of recording today, uh, decided to watch... Uh, start watching and do a marathon of the Harry Potter films. Oh, thanks to thanks to the uh, Harry Potter 10th anniversary reunion um, that came out on New Year's Day, and um, which I also have watched, and that made me want to watch the movies all over again. So today in the Discord, uh, we watched uh, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. It's the Philosopher's Stone. Thank you very much, Americans. Yes, not the Sorcerer's Stone. Yes. Philosopher's Stone. Yeah. (laughs) Who would have thought the American education system couldn't be bothered teaching kids to know what a philosopher is? Mm. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. Anyway. Uh, (laughs) Hello to our American audience. Um, Hi. It's not our fault. Uh, (laughs) So, yeah, got to watch that. We're going to continue to watch um, each of the films every week. Uh, up until the the last one, um, and then I think we're going to do the same thing with um, with the Fantastic Beast films. So sort of a couple of weeks before the third one gets released in April, hopefully, uh, then we'll have a little marathon on the other on the first two. So that's that's definitely in the books to be watched. Excellent. Um, yeah, uh, some shows that I got a chance to watch. Um, 
the book of Boba Fett, chapter one and two, which was <laughs> awesome. Um, and then after watching that, I came across Under the Helmet, The Legacy of Boba Fett, um, which is like a little documentary, like about 20 minutes uh, about um, the Boba Fett character, just where it started and, you know, and then where it sort of came to be, um, especially with the show. I also binge watched the recently new se- new season of Queer Eye. <laughs> hey, bawled my eyes out every freaking episode as per usual. As per usual, that tracks. <laughs> uh, absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. And um, it's just learning. And you know what? I learned something new about Jonathan Van Ness. He is a non. Sorry, they are non-binary. Yes, yes, yes. yes. They are. Yes. Yes. Which is amazing. Yeah, wonderful. Um, and I absolutely love their their outfits. It's just the amount of like dresses that they wore. It was like, oh my gosh, so amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then another, and the last thing that I'll mention that I got a chance to watch is another Netflix series called Emily in Paris. <laughs> oh. Binge watched both seasons in like three days. <laughs> <laughs> they're only they're only half an hour episodes and there's only 10 episodes per season so it was okay. an, it was an easy binge and it was so much fun for those of you who don't know Emily in Paris is I'm going to describe it as similar to Sex in the City bit more classy set in Paris and um not as vulgar either. yeah okay yeah yeah it's it's very it's very cool um, you learn a little bit of French as you go along <laughs> as well, because the character that is the main character, Emily has to learn French while she's there because she's there Good. for work. Ah. Yes. <laughs> yes. So there's, um, all the new Emily. so there's no Samantha, is there? No. <laughs> well, I'm out. <laughs> Same reason why I'm not watching the new, and, and, and the new rendition of Sex and the City. Cause there's oh, no okay. Samantha. <laughs> I'm on team control. <laughs> nice. Uh, so yeah, Emily, uh, the character itself is actually a social media marketing. Um, I don't know what the role exactly is, but she does a lot of social media marketing for an agency for luxury goods. Right. So she ended up having to go over to France to work for an agency, a marketing agency in France to bring in because um, they are owned. So that French company is owned by the American company that she works for. Um, And then so she has to go there and bring in the American influence into the French culture in their marketing. And you can you can straight away see that the French will not have it. (laughs) So it's a lot of fun. There's a little bit of drama. It's a comedy and I absolutely love it. And I really need season three, like right now. (laughs) So there's a little bit of culture shock right there. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. That's, that's, that's what I've been watching the last couple of weeks. Uh, Michael, what have you been watching? Hello. Um, well, sort of similar of what, uh, to you, Fulia, except for uh, Queer Eye and the one you, you just, uh, Emily in Paris. Emily in Paris, yeah. Yeah, I remember. It's all right. <laughs> My memory's not that short yet. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, um, de- definitely. Um, uh, definitely the Harry Potter and the Boba Fett. Uh, and, uh, and, um, and Ghostbusters Afterlife, of course. Uh, I went to see a advanced screening that I keep on forgetting to mention in the podcast. <laughs> but that mm. doesn't matter. And yes, I really enjoyed that. And yeah, um, other things I've been watching as well. Uh, the series of MacGruber came out on Stan. That is such a huge bit of fun. And, and essentially, if you they make it clear in the in the TV show, if you didn't like the movie, then you will not like this, and fuck you. <laughs> Great. Yeah. So that that is a bit of fun, and I do recommend if you enjoy that particular style of comedy, which I which I do. And yeah, that um, on Netflix, I watched a movie that we've been talking about on the trailers uh don't look up uh yeah um very good film very thought provoking i laugh so hard into a depression (laughs) (laughs) wow yes yeah i sort of figured this was probably what it would have felt like watching uh dr strange love when it first came out Oh, absolutely! With the threat of a total annihilation to the to the human race because of stupidity, <laughs> I'm here for that. But oh my god, so bleak, and not for everyone. <laughs> no, no, uh, but but a lot of good good names in that, and well performed, and uh, definitely enjoy, enjoyed it. And hopefully in a couple of years, we can laugh about it on how close we were to something. <laughs> um, yeah, that's basically what I've been been doing. I haven't been watching... Uh, I've been watching a lot, but not really taking in much, just trying to keep myself sane. And, and, and uh, yeah, haven't really been watching much to talk about. Um... Uh, still watching um, Daredevil, which is which is uh, coming along pretty good, uh, which we'll probably talk about more on the Hawkeye finale. Maybe I don't know. There could be a connection there. Could be. Mm, maybe. Me, maybe, 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 maybe. Mm. And of course, being the Hoovian that I am, I watched uh, Eve of the Daleks, the um, New Year's special. Of Doctor Who that first came out, and I will. I forgot to mention I watched that too. That's <laughs> right, and I'll talk about more about that in uh, later. Yeah. So, what will you be talking about later, Kendall? <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember my segues? They they're always hey, convoluted. I love. They're back, I they're love back for twenty twenty two. I love your segues, Mike. Never change, never change. But yes, except no, the I... underwear. <laughs> yes, that's. That's, I mean, look, I don't know what Sammy's into, but yeah, maybe, maybe that change, change is good in that respect. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> this bit kinky, isn't it? <laughs> anyway. Go up to Sammy. Baby did boom, boom. <laughs> change me, mummy. No, God. 
Oh god, I'm gonna leave the podcast now. I apologize profusely for manifesting that. <laughs> you made it weird. Anyway. I made it weird anyway. Anyway, I love your I love your segues. <laughs> We're just gonna retcon everything. <laughs> yes, like a good you know comic book movie does. Um, yes. So yeah, me watched many many things. Um, of course, things to be talking about later. Um, the finale of Hawkeye. Um. The Harry Potter reunion, of course, and the book of Boba Fett I am all up to date on. And without any prompting from either of you, I did watch Eve of the Daleks. It wasn't even, wasn't even a thing. I was like, no, I'm going to watch this because I really liked The Flux and I really liked Jodie Whittaker's Doctor. Um, I'm going to keep this going. So I, yeah, so I'm... I am legit a fan now. It's like crazy to me to even think about. Converted. I am converted. You successfully converted me into a Hoobian. Um, so yeah, once I'm done binging X Files, which I am still going on, um, I might actually do do who then. Um, but yes, we'll see what happens. Um, so yes, I watched Eve of the Daleks, and we will talk about them later. But for now. I have a lot of things to mention that I watched (laughs) (laughs) because my God. And like the strike rate of the quality of the things that all of us seem to have been watching, but myself personally, like there hasn't really been anything that I've not liked that I've watched, to be honest. Um, I too watched Don't Look Up and I loved it so much. It's one of those movies that, um, like, I think I'll definitely watch it again, but it's one of those movie- movies that made me kind of go, I wish I could have a, a first-time viewing experience of this again because there is some great writing going on in that and some fantastic acting. Um, I love Adam McKay so much. Um, I mean, I've always been a fan of him um, as a director, as a comedic director, and the fact that he started doing these political satires is just brilliant and just so good and timely. Um, but I, I freaking love Don't Look Up so much. It was just, but yeah, you, it's definitely, as Mike said, not for everyone. There is a lot of bleakness to it, um, but a lot of realism to it as well in a lot of other ways. Um, part of that is maybe why it's so bleak. I don't know. Um, but it's fucking hilarious. Like I laughed so much and it was so good. Like it was just so good. So I, I can't recommend that movie enough. Um... Switching gears completely, but sticking with the fucked up theme, I watched um, Dope Sick. (laughs) Sorry, I was going to insert Human Centipede. (laughs) Human Centipede. No, I've been there, done that. Um, No, I watched watched Dope Sick, which is a a mini-series on Disney Plus here in Australia. Uh, In the States, it's on Hulu, and it is one of the best mini-series I've ever watched, period. Probably the best miniseries I've seen since Chernobyl. Like, the quality is that good. Um, it's based on the horrific true story of America's opioid crisis and the people involved in it from the, uh, you know, the billionaire family behind the big pharma company responsible for starting the crisis um, to the uh, lawyers trying to bring them down as well as the DEA operatives um, and then just the you know regular folk on the street who are, street who are getting addicted to oxycontin and many other opioids, including heroin, as a result of their addiction. And my God, it's just 
like you get so angry (laughs) (laughs) and you feel so disgusted that this was allowed to happen and that money like I hate the fact that I keep watching these shows that are just telling the truth of, of, of history I suppose and just being like making me realize how fucked up money is and greed is and how people will literally kill each other for cash mm. and it's just you know or the lack of empathy uh, from from billionaires is just oh it's insane um yeah but it's fantastic like michael keaton gives one of his best performances easily uh in it and um rosario dawson is great and will poulter's in it as well he plays a rep who works for the pharma company um trying to sell oxycontin and uh, i can see why uh, he was cast as Adam Warlock now because the man is tanked now and yeah. he looks, he's so attractive now. It's insane to me. I was watching, I'm like, really? <laughs> I mean, last time I watched the- you was where the Millers and. Yeah. I'm like, this is the best glow up since Matthew Lewis. Like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's very, very like, all right, I'm, I'm okay with Adam Warlock now, I guess. Um, <laughs> But but that aside, he was a very talented actor, so uh, obviously picked for a reason. But yeah, I cannot recommend Dope Sick higher. Again, similar Don't Look Up. I just, yeah. Jeff's kiss for Dope Sick. Um, I watched The Matrix Resurrections, which is probably the weak spot of everything I watched. Unfortunately, I did mention about the quality before, but this is the one weak spot of that, which is not to say that I didn't like it. Um... I feel like it's just a missed opportunity, really, because there's a lot of stuff in there that's very good that they do with the story and with the characters and with the world and the world building. Um, but um, there's some weird shit. I mean, I know it's 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 Lana Wachowski who's who's in, in charge of this, and there's some interesting things happening. There's a lot of meta humor that I did not ever expect to find in a Matrix film. <laughs> so that threw me for a loop um and yeah so i won't go too much more into into it but um but yeah it's worth looking at and it's it it, like the visuals are stunning it is a very well-made film but there's just it's not it's definitely far from perfect unfortunately but that's the way that is um speaking of perfection um cobra kai season four um hello (laughs) um might possibly be the best season of the show since season one. Um, feel free to quote me on that um, because I'm right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, aren't we very confident today? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. The I have confidence given to me by the the freaking geniuses behind Cobra Kai because holy shit, yeah, it's. One of the best written shows on TV, like still, like it's just, ah, it's it's nostalgia done right, you know. It's just in every sense of the phrase, like it's just I cannot I cannot stress enough how fantastically written it is, um, and just how much joy it brings. Like you know, I feel like I'm a teenager again watching Karate Kid. Like it's just. It's just so good. It's just so so much greatness to it. So yeah, if you haven't seen Cobra Kai yet, I I do recommend. But please watch the Karate Kid movies before you do, um, to get more out of the experience. Um, but yeah, I binged that in like less than a day. So I'm very happy, very <laughs> happy with Cobra Kai season four. Um, I saw House of Gucci as well. 
um, during the week. And uh, yeah, and that was quite good as well. Probably not exactly what I expected, um, but what I got was very entertaining, very enjoyable and very just intriguing and fascinating because I knew nothing about the Fuguchi family before going into it. Um, I kind of stayed away from reading about the movie and what takes place so I could go in fresh and not really know too much um, because the movie did come out a few weeks ago in America as well. But I knew about the assassination of Maurizio Gucci, played by Adam Driver in the film, um, and that was about it. But yeah, Lady Gaga is as good as everyone says she is. Um, she's definitely getting a Best Actress Oscar nomination, um, that's for sure. She's astoundingly good, like insane. Um, Adam Driver is also very good. Uh, but the one surprise that I'm very happy to say um, I didn't see coming was Jared Leto. Um who plays Paolo Gucci, um, Maurizio's cousin. And he is just so eccentric and so aloof and just, but has this weird, like, kind of confidence about him, but also like this just really tragic side, I suppose. Like, he's just so complicated and just so funny. Every time Jared Leto said something, the entire theatre was in hysterics. Like, he's so funny in it. It was insane. The way he delivered his lines, you know, because you've got that accent and he's really leaning into the Italian. Like, they all lean into the Italian, but no one leans into him more than Jared Leto does. And, yeah, I I had a ball watching him. So it's worth it just to see him, to be honest. Like, I I was like, every time Paolo was on screen, I'm like, let's go. (laughs) Gargo who? I'm sorry. Like, just not my my bias aside, but because I love Lady Gaga almost as much as I love Jared Leto just in general. But yeah, my God. So it was a a great film. I really liked it. Uh, And then lastly, before I wrap up the weekly watchings, well, the multi-weekly watchings, um, Ghostbusters Afterlife. Man, oh man, I am so glad I didn't have that spoilt for me. <laughs> like, <laughs> so glad, so thankful, and without without spoiling it for anyone else, because I wouldn't want anyone else to suffer that fate. I have never cried so much in a cinema <laughs> since fucking Frodo left the Shire. Like, <laughs> <laughs> holy shit. Mike, I'm... I remember your reaction to it, and I'm like, okay, I understand now why you were saying you got emotional, because um, holy shit, I was just, I was not prepared. I was not prepared for that. Yeah. <laughs> but it was amazing. It was so good. Like, it was just, it touched all the right notes in all the right ways, played on the nostalgia of the, of the series, especially the first film, of course. Uh, um. Yeah, and McKenna Grace just steals the show um, as Phoebe. Mm. She's, I mean, I'm a fan of hers just in general. Everything I've seen her in, she's just so good. If you like her in this movie, you should really watch Gifted, um, which is a 2017 film with Chris Evans, where she plays like a child prodigy. um, And Chris Evans is like her uncle. um, And he's trying to raise a, you know, normal, because it's what her... It's what her dead mother, his sister, would have wanted. But then his, um, uh, sorry, mother-in-law is like, no, I want this kid to go to all the special schools and get all the special treatment and blah, blah, blah. So it's like this clash of 
family with McKenna Grace at the center and she's so good. So please go watch Gifted. Um, but yeah, I, yeah. And then, yeah, Paul Rudd, just like you said, Fulia was just a barrel of fun. And yeah, not entirely, I did not entirely expect all of that from, like, I had a feeling the movie was going to do certain things and ref- certain references to the first film, but I didn't know how hard into those references it was going to lean. And I think that's totally fine. Yeah. Um, yeah, because sometimes that can be a detriment to, to your movie, but I think in this case it works, and it works so well. So <laughs> fucking hats off to Jason Reitman. My goodness. Um, so, yeah, that's it. I'm done. I'm, gonna- <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. That's it. That's my watchings. That's your watchings. It's our watchings. We've been all caught up. Yeah, we've been watched. We've been watched. Yes, <laughs> we have been watched. Um, which means now, of course, as it is always, it is time to go into the nerdy news. This is the news and nerdy news. The nerds that talk about the nerdy news. That is us who talk about the news that is nerdy. And now the queen of nerdydom, the hostess with most s, Kendall Richardson. Take it away, Kendall. Alright, it's nerdy news time. And to start the news, of course, uh, we have to take a moment to pay uh, our respects to some legends of the entertainment industry that sadly passed away during the time uh, we were off the air. Um, just, I mean, I don't even know how to really begin this. I'm just going to list the names off. Um, of course, Betty White uh, sadly passed away at the age of 99. Uh, just recently this week, Sidney Poitier passed away at the age of 94. Um, Jean-Marc Vallée, an incredible director, left us at the age uh, too soon, age of um, 58. Uh, and another iconic filmmaker, Peter Bogdanovich, uh, passed away uh, recently as well at the age of 82. Uh, some titans of the industry, um, that's for sure. Um, I really wanted to mention uh, Jean-Marc Vallée uh, because I've seen a lot of his work um, and he's definitely in my f- probably top 10 list of directors. Um, so I was very shocked and upset to hear of his passing because he's a tremendous talent. Um, for those who aren't familiar with his work, he's most known for directing the Oscar-winning film Dallas Buyers Club with Matthew McConaughey and Jared Leto. Um, a brilliant movie um, based on a true story. Um, and he also directed Wild with Reese Witherspoon. And uh, But more recently, he's known for doing the uh, hugely popular series Big Little Lies. Uh, Lies. He directed season one of that, um, and uh, it's absolutely fa- uh, fantastic and outstanding and worth worth watching, even though they did change the location from Sydney to California, but it's okay. I'll forgive it. Um, and, and then, yes, and most recently of his that I watched... Um, only a few months ago, Sharp Objects, which was another HBO miniseries based on a Gillian Flynn novel, um, and he directed that, and it's just out, just freaking outstanding. So I, yeah, I'm definitely going to miss uh, the autoristic eye of Jean-Marc Vallée, that's for sure. Um, I sadly had never really engaged with Sidney Poitier or uh, Peter Bogdanovich, but I am definitely aware of their presence 
and their work over the years. Um, especially I know the film Paper Moon that I hope to see one day. Um, it's quite, quite iconic um, back in the 70s. And Sydney Poitier, I mean, you know, guess who's coming to dinner for a one? Like, he, we could go on and on and talk about his filmography. Um, you know, In the Heat of the Night, Lilies of the Field. Like, just, yeah, just insane... Uh, an absolutely insane uh, filmography uh, from that extremely talented man. So he's, yeah, he's going to be missed. But of course, I must end my thoughts um, with Betty. Holy crap, Betty White. Where? <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, this was not a great way to start the year or to end it, um, depending on what time zone you're in. But um, but yeah, Betty was almost 100. She was going to be 100 on the 17th of January. She got so close, um, but that's that's you know no no smidge on her amazing track record because she lived what an incredible life like just you know r- the rarest of beings. She was a bright light that's definitely going to be missed in this world, not just for her entertainment, but just for her as a person, as a as a woman in entertainment, as a woman in general, as an icon, as an activist. Um, just, just a brilliant human being. Um, so there's definitely a Golden Girls watch in my future. I've seen, I've seen episodes here and there of Golden Girls over the years. I remember seeing reruns of it as a kid on TV and catching bits and pieces. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's definitely going to be something I think I'm going to have to sit down and do the whole thing. Cause every time I'm watching it, it's just, it's hysterical. I mean, you all know, it's just comedy gold. Um, but yeah, Betty, yeah, the fact that she started, you know, on, I think on radio back, back before television was even invented. And then she was one of the first pioneers of television, having her own show where she was the lead. Um, and, you know, and then continuing that success with the Mary Tyler Moore show and then into Golden Girls and then Hot in Cleveland later in her life and every other movie and TV show she appeared in. So yeah, just brilliant. And we will definitely miss her. We're going to miss all of these people so much. Um, so after that, <laughs> I'm going to pass over to Fulia. Um, do you have any any words to share uh, about those that we've lost? Uh, yeah, I'll probably piggyback off uh, your last comments about Betty White. What an amazing comedic actress mm-hmm. of our time. Absolutely amazing. I absolutely loved uh, her as Rose in The Golden Girls. It is just one of her iconic characters that she's played. Absolutely just amazingly done. Um, you know, of course, her comedy sort of started off in, in radio with um, those radio plays uh, and then sort of moved into the Mary Tyler Moore show, which I really want to see because I've watched the Dick Van Dyke show and absolutely loved it. And now I need to see the Mary Tyler Moore show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Gotta find that so I can watch um, Betty do her thing there. A um, uh, couple of um, little things that she sort of appeared in as kind of like a cameo style. Uh, she did appear in an episode of My Wife and Kids. Oh, and, really? Yeah. Um, as kind of like, uh, so the character's name was Mrs. June Hopkins, and she was there as a as a maid uh, for the household. And she was pretty much, the character was a Mary Poppins of the time. <laughs> like she knew how to do anything and everything 
that the family asked her to do or, you know, if they were in trouble of doing something, she was like, I can fix that, no problem. And she was literally the handy person of the house. <laughs> Knew everything. Um, and then, yeah, like she was there for that whole episode and absolutely loved her. It was so good. Um, and then she sort of, she's also appeared in quite a lot of different things. Like she was, um, voice acting herself in Family Guy, in Simpsons. Um, you know, she was also one of the characters in Ponyo in the English dub. Um, and you know, she was in My, My Name is Earl, 30 Rock, The Bold and the Beautiful for a few episodes, funnily enough. Um, and, you know, just an absolute, like, my goodness. I, I just loved Betty White. Like, her comedy, to me, is just amazing. And I don't know if anyone could really top that. Like, I don't think anyone could. Like, she's, she's a unique comedic actress. Mm-hmm. And I absolutely loved her. And I feel like, didn't she also do, like, didn't she host SNL for... Period, she like did. Recently? She did. I think she was. I can't remember how long ago it was, but uh, I do know that she. Uh, I think holds the record now for the oldest uh, host. Yeah. Um. In in the series run. Um, yeah. And yeah. I think I think it was a few years ago now, but um. Yeah. Just amazing. Yeah. <laughs> there was like a petition to actually get Betty White to do that because. That's right. There was. Because yeah, she's. Uh, I might go into it. Yeah. Uh, she's had this terrific career that spanned like so many decades and now she's in meme status i mean she she has her own uh, she has an, another life into into the internet i mean she's like with those big ne- with where the celebrities have sort of surpassed of what, who they are now um especially w- with Betty White and like Nicolas Cage uh, Brendan Fraser and and it, and everyone knows them. And, yeah, I think she's going to li- live on uh, as a meme. I mean, it all started with that Snickers ad, really. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we all know that Snickers ad. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so huge props for her. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, okay. Well, Mike, did you have anything else you wanted to add? or Or shall we... Proceed with the rest of the news. Um, yeah, hats off to every, everyone in in the list. I mean, yeah, Sydney Poitier, you know, being the first African American to win an Oscar, basically. Yeah. So absolutely. So I'm there for representation, mm-hmm. and there from the beginning, and yeah, it's such a shame about about about, um, about uh, Jean Mac. Yeah, Jean Marc. Yeah. Yeah. So. Too, 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 too young, too young to go. Way too young, and too yeah. talented too. And and Peter, of course, well, in a weird way, the first, <laughs> uh, I I remember a, a cameo that he did in It Chapter Two. <laughs> oh yeah, he, he played the director in the in the start of the movie, where where he's berating um uh, Bill Denbrose that his his ending sucks. Oh, I had to. Wow, I'd forgotten that. Um, yeah, okay, yeah. I didn't. I didn't actually realize that was a legit filmmaker. Yeah. 
That's great. So yeah, a bit of a bit, bit of bit of meta meta into that because yeah, he's a he's a he's his own director as as well. So I I had to look that up myself. <laughs> Going, you know, he's he's very he looks like too well established as just a random guy playing a director is like who is this guy oh he's an actual director <laughs> it's a bit like steven spielberg playing steven spielberg in in um in austin powers 3 <laughs> yeah yeah so love it hats off for all of them and i'll tip out some some dr pepper for them yes 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 absolutely they will definitely be missed that's for sure um, okay, let's move on into the rest of the news. We've got a, a, a few interesting pop culture items uh, to discuss, mostly revolving around comic books, so that's that's exactly what we need right now. Uh, except for this, definitely don't need this next bit. Um, Morbius has been delayed again. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm not happy, Jan. Um, I'm pretty sure I sent that gift to someone when I found out about that news, um, because... Fuck you. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, It was literally, literally, like, at the time of the announcement of its delay, I think it was, like, three and a bit weeks away from actually coming out. They were ramping up the promotion. Every time I went to see Spider-Man, there was a Morbius trailer. You know, it's just everywhere. Posters everywhere. And now it's coming. It's all coming down. It's all coming down. It's all stopping. And uh, we have to wait. Um, Look... In my rage, I, you know, at the immediate rage, I failed to kind of see, obviously, how serious the situation is with Omicron in the US. Um, And now that I've had a few days to reflect, I totally understand why they have pushed um, Morbius. Although I still kind of hold to my theory of, I don't think Sony really believes in the movie, maybe? I'm I'm not sure. Just because, you know, Spider-Man No Way Home just made well over a billion dollars in only a couple of weeks. And, uh, I mean, yeah, I know that's Spider-Man and that's MCU. It's existing IP and all this blah, blah, blah. It's an event kind of a film. But I don't know. Um, The fact that Morbius has been moved so many times, I mean, yes, due to COVID, but it just, I feel like if if they weren't worried, they would keep it at at its, they would have kept it at its late uh, late January release date. Because they'd be like, well, Spider-Man just made us a billion. Obviously, people are keen to go to the movies to watch superheroes fight each other. So, but if the movie is bad, then they've moved it out to a spot where it is more likely to make money. So that's kind of mm. where my, my brain is if they're thinking about it, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. But however, look, I do... I, I Like I said, I understand why they've moved it, but I'm... Yeah, it's just very disappointing, um, especially because it was so close to release. So for those who are not aware of the saga of Morbius, um, here's a list of release dates. <laughs> um, yeah, there's a list. Uh, so originally, Morbius was set to come out uh, if you know in an alternate universe where COVID did, didn't and does not exist. It would have come out on uh, actually the 30, uh, 31st of July, 31st of July, 2020. That's when it was supposed to come out. Uh, then it was moved to uh, March 2021. And then again to October 2021. 
and then to January 21st, 2022, and then to January 28th, 2022, which was, we all thought, the day it was coming out. But no, now, in the US, it's coming out on the 1st of April. Uh, April Fool's, I guess. Um, and uh, But here in Australia, we're getting it on the 31st of March, so... At least we're seeing it before the US still. Um, no joke <laughs> I'll there. Take, I'll know, yeah, no joke there. I'll take that as a consolation. But yes, 31st of March now for Morbius. I really, really, really hope it's worth the wait. It looks fantastic. Um, I mean, yeah, who knows if it's going to be any any good actually, but, you know, because I, if it's, yeah, anyway. I, I'm, I can't wait to see it. I'll just leave it at that. Fulia, do you have any comments or thoughts about this? How many, hang on, did I count how many there are? We got one, two, three, four. This is the fifth delay for Morbius. Any thoughts for you? (laughs) Another Uh, one and you get a free sub. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Now free popcorn, free popcorn. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah, look, it is disappointing to find out that they've had to delay it yet again. Um, I'm kind of like just wondering why they didn't, um, play off the Spider-Man hype. Um, exactly. Like they could have just kept it going and then Sony could have made a lot more money on top of what they got from Spider-Man. But yeah, it's, it's a little, it's a little, um, concerning, I will say that they've had to delay it this much. Uh, but you know, not nothing we can really do about it. If if they feel that they're not ready to to share it with the world, then meh. I suppose we're just gonna have to wait. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, we will. Mike, what are you, what are your feelings about this? Do you have my any? feelings and thoughts? Well, you guys are a little bit negative. I'm going to bring it up a little bit for putting a positive <laughs> spin on this. Because okay. I've heard some things that may be a positive of the actual move. Um, uh, the theory is that um, Spider-Man uh, was so uh, positively received that it may it may be in cinemas for longer and they don't want to bite their own tail with Morbius being there. And... And because it's a very slow sort of um, box office earnings because of um, pe- people don't want to be in in the cinemas of Omicron and all that. So they, they want to make sure that they get plenty of money out of it. Also, um, also they... I'm guessing also with the move that they wanted to... Uh, get a decent, like, um, uh, like getting a decent buzz for the movie because after No Way Home com- came out, spoilers, but it's dealing with the multiverse and when and in the trailers we wanted to see, uh, we see that there's different sort of um, references to different sorts of universes of the of um, each Spider-Man, like you get, like you got, um, for some reason, Michael Keaton's there, and there's references to to the um, to the Daily Bugle and Oscorp Tower is in, in one of the trailers. So, 
yeah. as fans, we don't know where this <laughs> we don't know where this is setting place in in any of the universes. And also, there's yeah. references to Venom as well. So, uh, I think for the Die Hard fans, they want to want to watch this movie to find out what are they doing. Absolutely. So, so that's yeah. why I'm guessing they're sort of putting on the delay because they want a, a decent chunk of the apple and and just just to get a bit bit more hype and also not to uh take money away from at the moment going to be the biggest movie um for the la- from <laughs> especially from Endgame because that was huge yeah it's like like it's already in the top 10 biggest grossing mo- movies ever so why don't they do another release like they did in, like they did for Endgame <laughs> like <laughs> after Morbius like at the end of this year <laughs> yeah just to get more money yeah I, yeah I wish Endgame would do another release so they could knock Avatar off of the highest grossing uh, movies of all time list but that's I don't know if that'll ever happen yeah. Um, yeah no no that that all makes sense yeah like I think I think that's one of the reasons why I really want to see it because I just want to know where the fuck it fits yeah um, so do I because it's yeah because it's so confusing because it seems to be this weird bridge b- between like mysterious kind of bridge between the MCU and the Venom side of the Sony Spider-Verse whatever they're fucking doing so it's yeah so yeah that's definitely so that makes that makes sense is that they would want to leave a leave a gap um yeah between no i i didn't actually consider that so thank you for bro- pointing that out no, that's, not good. <laughs> that's no that's a good that is definitely a positive spin on it yes yeah, yeah. Uh, that's what i'm here for positive spin yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's usually Fulia's job but <laughs> yeah, <it is>. yeah. <laughs> Uh, funny. All right. Um, well, speaking of Michael Keaton, um, the vulture. Guess mm, vulture. Yes. Um, guess who's going to be? Uh, you know, well, because we cross the pond, as I usually say to DC. Um, Michael Keaton is uh, going to be in Batgirl, um, which is uh, hugely exciting. Uh, Reprising and- his role as Birdman. Birdman. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Birdman. Um, yes. No, no. So, yeah, of course, we all know Michael Keaton is returning as Bruce Wayne slash Batman for The Flash. Um, so, it's... I feel like we're being spoilt quite a bit uh, <laughs> to see him pop up now in Batgirl, which is uh, in production at the moment, I believe. Um, so yeah, so that's, that's, that's very exciting. Um, the fact that we're going to be getting to see him in, uh, in two things, um, that are going to be, you know, expanding or, or changing the DCEU as we know it, who knows, but the fact that they're, you know, bringing back my favorite Batman, you know, a lot of people's favorite Batman, um, George Clooney. (laughs) (laughs) how dare you, um, yeah, yeah, it's just so exciting. Like, I, it's yeah, I just I cannot really verbalize it right now uh, how excited I am about it. So yeah, to see that he's joining the cast of Batgirl too, I mean, it's it makes total sense, of course, with you know the Batgirl um, mythology in the comics and how you know 
Bruce as a an older older Batman kind of becomes more of a mentor for the young younger crime fighters. Um, yeah, so I I love the fact that Michael Keaton's on board to do this and and yeah will be doing this. So it's just yeah, it's just great. It's just great. Mike, uh, what were your thoughts on 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 this news? Yes, um, word word around the traps is there's a little bit of um a bit of a hubbub that people wanted um Ben Affleck Ben Affleck's Batman to be like the Batman for this particular Batgirl considering this Batgirl has Commissioner Gordon uh, and it's J.K. Simmons so it sort of makes sense uh, but Ben doesn't want to do it anymore he's actually come out publicly and says you know what I'm I'm done with IP <laughs> project yeah so I think so there's I think- sort of bit of a damper on that yeah well I was just gonna say I th- I feel like I've seen that he's definitely going to be in the Flash. He will be though. in the Flash, but for but th- that's, that's it. it. Yeah, yeah. No, that's fair. Because he was talking about it as like, oh, um, uh, this is like the the most fun I've had as Batman in this particular movie, and not to dwell into it, but he had a terrible time during like the reshoots of Justice League, and we don't want to don't want to open all wounds on that shit, but. Nah. And, yeah, so... And there is word of what, what's going to happen at the end of the Flash fil- films. There's only speculation. Uh, could be t- potential spoilers, but I'm not going to air them here. It'll probably be... It, they're probably going to be dealing with sort of uh, the universe of DC and where it's going to be at the end of it. And... Because it's dealing with universes as well, because considering Michael Keating's coming back as a much older Bruce Wayne. And hopefully more. I want to see more. I'm, I want to see... I, want to see, I really want to see Michael Keaton's Batman with Burt Ward as Robin for some reason. You know. <laughs> then you have, like, multiple generations in one movie. Anyway. Um, yeah. What else am I going to say? I think that's it. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Don't go sh- directly to streaming service. I want a release, please. I think. Yeah. I think that's uh, still sort of up in the air. I think. Yeah. I think that's the still the only really shit part about Batgirl is the fact that Warner Brothers is putting it only on HBO Max, um, which just really sucks. Um, but hey, well. I mean, we'll get the content where we can, I suppose. But the first, just really fucking shit that the first Batgirl film ever to come out is not going to be on the big screen. I think that's a bit of a disgrace, if you ask me. Yeah, but, bit of a shame. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, you can't have female representation as, like, main superheroes, you know. That doesn't work at all. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> Mm. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, let's not go into that debate, shall we? No, let's, let's, let's not. Let's let's move on. Considering who I am. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, let's move on to some some other other stuff that um, you know. Let's stop. Like, let's stop talking about girls. <laughs> likes <laughs> likes to no no it li- likes to talk about how girls get it done. <laughs> <laughs> The boys, the boys, season three. The boys, 
the boys. Oh, the boys. Uh, the boys are back in town. Uh, yes, this week we had a brief little 20-second teaser uh, for The Boys Season 3 that was just a really an excuse to announce uh, the, the air date of Season 3. Um, and that is, of course, going to be on the 3rd of June, Season 3 on the 3rd of June, 2022. Um, so we got less than five, five months now to wait for that. So that's quite exciting. Um, I, I cannot stare at Anthony Starr for too long anymore. (laughs) And the way the camera just holds on his face for that fucking long is just, oh my God. Literally the entire trailer is just, it's like, it's some kind of what, you know, photo shoot or press conference conference and it's Homelander and Starlight and the fucking um, publicist chick who I kind of like but kind of hate um, and she looks extremely uncomfortable um, and then the two of them are just posing for photos and Homelander looks like he's about to have a breakdown um, which I, I love so much because um, the way season two ended was just brilliant um, yeah yeah I can't wait I cannot wait we still haven't gotten a proper glimpse of courses at uh, Jensen Ackles as Soldier Boy, but mm-hmm. uh, I'm sure I'm sure that will be very much worth. The I wait. believe I saw a little teaser post from his Instagram. Okay, I think it was a well, concept of him in the outfit. Yeah, we've seen we've seen him in the outfit. Yeah, but we haven't seen him in action in any kind of footage <laughs> yet. That's what that's what we want now. We've seen how he looks. We want to see how it looks in context. I suppose. Yeah, we haven't seen. We haven't seen action boy soldier in action boy. Yeah. <laughs> the boys. Um, yes. Exciting. Very exciting. Cannot freaking wait for this. It's going to be epic. Uh, Mike, I know you're excited for this as well. How did you feel about this announcement? I am. Uh, I am excited. It's like, yes, I'm going to get to watch it. Because um, I sort of uh, got into it late. Uh, I was aware of it, and I thought, oh, this is a thing. And then there's been a lot, a lot of hype, a lot of buzz. And I thought, yeah, I'll get back into it again. And then and then see, season two came out, and there, there was a lot of buzz uh, about, <laughs> about that. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sort of late to the party, but I'll be in there for season three because it looks, it looks awesome, and I'll be... Uh, I'll be there on Amazon Prime with bells on, watching the first three episodes uh, on the sixth. On the third. Yeah, sorry, I'm looking at an American date. Yeah, no, that's an Australian date, <laughs> boy. I don't got confused. It's okay. Are you sure? It's not on the. 6th I of wish it was March. the sixth of March. <laughs> that would be so much better. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, hilarious. Anyway, yeah, anyway. I, I, yeah, yeah. I can't, I can't watch Timothy either. <laughs> you mean a- Anthony? Anthony Timothy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Ant- Anthony Starr. Yeah, considering he was on um on, on, on Auntie Donna's. Auntie Donna, I know. I still my boy. can't. <laughs> my boy. <laughs> I fucking still can't get over the fact that they fucking got Anthony Starr to do a, a gag on that. Netflix thing. I mean, <laughs> just amazing. <laughs> well, surprisingly, they actually are fans. 
um, fans of Auntie Donna. Because Anthony Starr is actually... Um, uh, he's a kiwi. Yeah, he's kiwi. And, um, yeah. And uh, I, I know I've said this before, so I'm rehashing it, but the, the main guy, um, uh, Meg Ryan's son. Uh, Meg Ryan? What am I talking about? <laughs> I'm not talking about anything. <laughs> but the main guy from, from The Boys is in it as well. Uh, uh, are you talking about Jack Quaid? Yeah, Jack Quaid. Is he? Was he in anti in the Auntie Donna thing too? Yeah, I, I, I've I've forgotten. That's right. I've say, said this before, but you know when they're doing the sort of uh, British football, <laughs> he he's in that lot. Oh yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember now. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's been a minute. Um. Yeah. Fucking sweet. Sweet. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna call Gold Leader. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> as lovely as that tangent was. Because we have one more item in the news to discuss, which is uh, very interesting, um, because uh, apparently uh, the network that we are definitely fans of, the CW, is uh, in the process of being sold by its owners. Um, So, yeah, very surprising. Um, So two companies that own it are WarnerMedia and ViacomCBS. Um, basically, the CW was a merger of two channels in the US called the WB and UPN back in 2006. Um, and apparently, since 2006, the CW has not made any money, um, which I just kind of don't believe, <laughs> uh, considering the amount of content that channel produces, the amount of IP it owns or is allowed to distribute on its channel. Um, and just how popular some of these shows are. I mean, we're talking about the show that let Supernatural go for 15 years. Uh, we're talking about the network who gave us the Arrowverse. Like, you know, it's just kind of shocking to learn that it has not been profitable. Um, so apparently um, it's kind of come down to uh, a change of leadership at Warner Media um, because they're apparently uh, themselves in the process of being sold um, to dis, um, to discovery by parent company AT and T, um, so there's a lots of corporate company mergers and sales happening at the moment, and the CW has kind of been caught in the middle of it. Um, but the plus side, and I think the biggest thing everyone wants to know is like, what does this mean for you know all of the shows that we watch on the channel? Um, not that many of us do anymore, because I've I've been very vocal on this show that I don't watch the Arrowverse stuff anymore because they did what I wanted them to and it was fucking awesome and now I'm ready to move on. Um, and then, of course, as Fulia will attest when I throw over to her, Supernatural um, is ha- ha- is done, but the CW is also the network where Walker airs. Um, so, you know, there's that. Um, but, yeah, it's it's been definitely a, a bit of a mixed reaction from 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 fans um uh that's for sure a lot of people are happy to see it as sort of a comeuppance for the network considering the way it's uh treated a lot of uh a lot of the ip and a lot of the um you know well in fact the the phrase bury your gaze uh kind of comes from certain shows on the cw um so there's some controversy there but as i was going to say before um basically the shows that are on there now that if you know 
people are watching. If the channel does end up going away, they're just going to be repurposed on different platforms. So the CW has a deal uh, with uh, Netflix. Um, so for the some of the um, uh, Arrowverse shows like uh, Arrow, Flash, Supergirl, Legends of Tomorrow, even though two of those four are now done, um, back in 2011, there was a billion-dollar deal that was struck with Netflix. So um, Netflix has rights to broadcast them. Um, so, but the agreement wa- apparently wasn't re- renewed as of 2019. However, you know we also have HBO Max, which is Warner's uh, Warner Brothers' big streaming uh, kind of tentpole, I suppose, at the moment. Um, so a lot of a lot of shows on the CW could probably find a home either HBO Max or Netflix or wherever else. But yeah, there's it's probably too early for those kind of talks. But basically just to say that, you know, none of these shows are probably going to go anywhere um, if the network is sold. So um, yeah, Fulia, did you have any thoughts on this? Uh, not particularly. This is like the first time hearing about it. Um, it is a bit sad to hear that Apparently, they're not making any kind of money out of the shows that they've made in the past, which, you know, is bizarre. Like you said, Supernatural running for like 15 years. Like, come on, as if you didn't make money out of that, Um, you know, because it's such an amazing show. And the amount of fans that it has brought to the network is just insane. Um, And then, of course, yes, the Arrowverse. for me, I only particularly watched um, Arrow specifically, uh, but I know that the other Arrowverse shows were actually really good. Um, and then just any other shows that came under the name of, of CW, like it's it's a shame that it's, you know, potentially coming to an end. Um, like at the moment, I'm absolutely loving the series Walker and I don't want that to go away anytime soon. It's only just started season two. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's, it is very disappointing to hear that this is kind of what's happening right now, um, with the network. So I don't know what's going to happen, like best of luck in the future. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Well, we'll see, see what happens, see how it pans out. Um, Mike, did you have anything you wanted to add on this news? Um, possibly, um, it's always sad when you see like a production company sort of um, close up shop because if they can't find if they can't find a buyer, then they're going to have to pack up shop and and going to lose some 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 good shows. Um, yeah, yeah. I could talk, I could talk about how how it's not really making money. They're sort of like. Scraping by through the bare minimum, it's sort it's sort of like um, it's sort of like Netflix with there's no there's no real money in Netflix. It's just here's some money just to see how how it goes. I mean they spend spend huge money and hoping for returns, and their returns are memberships. So that's why that's why every couple of years sort of the membership um price slightly goes up. Because pe because people may have like uh, dead uh, dead accounts, like not necessarily watching like everything on Netflix. They just 
they they just have a Netflix account and it just keeps on turning over. So so they're sort of winning on that and they're sort of hoping to find like something. That's why they that's why they stick so much money into um like Cowboy Bebop is a perfect example. They know the IP. There's going to be people watching it. And if there's no real return, they'll just cut it out completely and go on to the next thing. It, it's a, sort of that sort of that thing where there's hardly any money into it. And and yeah, if it's if the people who own the the uh, CW can't really see any any sort of um, any future with it, then I don't know. Hope hopefully. So some of the shows will find homes like their like their own things but considering like like um most of the shows that we know are ip from from um dc comics or even walker is actually a um an ip from from somewhere else it's not its own original thing um hopefully the team behind it finds something but but I don't know. It could be could be looking down the barrel of a gun, unfortunately. Mm, unfortunately. But but they but they will always live on on Tumblr. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this is this is how I found out about it. And Fulia, you'll love this. I literally was on Tumblr. I think on like Thursday, and I checked to see what was like. I think I saw one post about it in relation to Supernatural, and I was like. Hang on a second. I go into what's trending on Tumblr and literally Supernatural was number one on trending. And I'm like, what's happened now? (laughs) (laughs) And then, yeah, and then I read everyone talking about, um, yeah, how the CW is being sold that way. Yes, but yes, so definitely will live on in in Tumblr history. That's for sure. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) I've never been on Tumblr, but I know the reputation. Oh, good. (laughs) Yeah, we are... We are uh, what we like to call a hell site. Um, uh, <laughs> Forever fifteen. <laughs> kind of once you yeah, once you get in, you don't get out. Um, <laughs> I got well, out just in time. <laughs> well, some some people some people get out. I I'm still there. I've been there for almost ten years. Yeah, unless um, unless you're James Franco, and, and you try and, and you have to gnaw off your own hand to get out. Yes. <laughs> in interesting pull for uh, an analogy there but I I'll, I dig it okay it's good I, I I just thought of another one yeah uh the doctor in the first saw movie oh Jesus yeah okay <laughs> well <laughs> fuck um, uh, Tumblr's not that bad uh, for okay. for uh reference for Fulia because I know she hasn't seen any of the saw movies uh one of the characters has had to cut off his own foot to escape. I think I know about that. And I with a with a like saw, it. with a saw, mm. and that's where the franchise gets its mm. name. <laughs> anyway, gold leader. Nothing anyway, <laughs> save anyway. it for Halloween. Um, <laughs> save it for Halloween. Haha. <laughs> um, all right, that's nerdy news done. Nice, done and dusted. All the news fit to print and discuss on this fine show, um, which of course now means mm. it is time. Oh. For the moment, I've forgotten. What do we do again? This the segment. I've been gone for a long time. What uh, the section? Uh? The part. Mesh. 
The place. Frick. The thing in the show Ash. we like to call. Girls, drink. Popcorn culture. Harder, 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 harder. Yes, popcorn culture time. It is popcorn culture time. Yes. Um, okay. Um, so, prepare yourselves for one of our biggest popcorn cultures <laughs> <laughs> that uh, we've done since probably the Disney Investor Day of 2020. Because um, that was an epic one uh, for the books. So, yes. Uh, basically, this is going to be our huge discussion piece on um, a bunch of really awesome things that deserve a bit more extra time devoted to them. So we're lumping them all together here. Um, we're going to start with some Hawkeye finale chat mm. because, of course, we were able to discuss the first five episodes and episode six aired while we were away. Uh, so must talk about that. We definitely, of course, have to talk about... Um, I don't know if we what order we want to do these in, but we can go from Hawkeye to Doctor Who if we like. Talk about Eve of the Daleks. Lots to discuss with that. Can't wait to d dive into it. Um, the Harry Potter 20th uh, anniversary uh, reunion, Return to Hogwarts special that aired on New Year's Day. Um, we need to definitely discuss that. And, of course, finishing with uh, the first two episodes of the Book of Boba Fett. Um, so, yeah, epic epic return for popcorn culture for us in 2022. Mm -hmm. it's, good it's good shit. Um, so I guess we'll just start with Hawkeye. Let's get into it. Um, Let's get into it. So the Hawkeye season finale um, was called So This Is Christmas. Uh, another appropriate title. Um, I will always go on about how great the MCU shows have, are at episode titles. Um, but yeah, this was, this was it. This was the big kingpin moment that we'd been hoping for. Um, but also slightly disappointing because... For me, I will just personally say up top that um, Kingpin was not entirely what I expected. Kind of felt a bit different from the Daredevil show, but I suppose that's because he's entered a PG-13 world. Mm -hmm. um, so that could be why. Um, but he's more comic book accurate, I suppose, in terms of his appearance. Um, so that's kind of cool. Um, but yeah, uh, I mean, it was just great to see Vincent D'Onofrio uh, back um, as as Kingpin, um, Wilson Fisk. So, yeah. Um, I mean, again, it was kind of another, <sighs> I don't know, worst kept secret of the Hawkeye show that we were going to get to see him because, you know, as soon as the uh, quote-unquote uncle was mentioned, we all kind of knew, although I was holding, I was holding off because I'm like, ah, oh, it's too obvious. <laughs> but, you know. But then, you know, then No Way Home happened and we got to see uh, spoilers because No Way Home has been out for a month now. Um, Matt Murdock, Charlie Cox in No Way Home. So, Wait, um, mm, yeah, I no. didn't see it. He's a really, he's a really good lawyer. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. Kingpin, it was great to see him here. Um and, uh, yeah, I, uh, you know, he's definitely not dead, of course. There is no way in hell that he's dead. Um, Maya definitely didn't, definitely didn't kill him. I think it's, they've basically done a, a thing from the comics where apparently Maya did the same thing, where she shoots him 
blinds him in the comics um, at one point. So it looks like they're doing that again. Or they're making him deaf so he can understand her perspective. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see what happens in her own show when that happens. <laughs> Are you saying um, that King Finn's going to get a redemption arc? Because, oh, now that I'm deaf, I know how, how you feel. <laughs> Oh no, I was not hinting at a redemption arc at nah, all. No. I was just thinking I was just thinking weirdly, it's like, wow. If if they can do that to Loki, they can do that to anyone. Uh, no. He's killed people. <laughs> he killed eighty people in two days. He's adopted. Um Yes. So yeah, that's a thing. And then I I will say I I kinda liked the king. Well, I like the fact that Kingpin gave Kate Bishop the opportunity to kind of rise up a bit, um, you know, and they had their epic fight that I really enjoyed. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, he's a very imposing figure. Um, Fulia, um, as far as the Hawkeye finale goes, what did you th- what did you make of Kingpin? Because you you haven't seen Daredevil, have you? Nope. Okay, so what were your thoughts on you seeing him kind of for the first time, being introed to him this way? He just wouldn't die. (laughs) The man just did not know how to just flop dead like a fish. Like, come on. Yeah. (laughs) He's um he's a big man. Uh and you know, if it if it's not his way, it's the highway type of man. It seems. Pretty much. Uh very Well, actually to be honest, he wasn't as intimidating as I thought he was gonna be. Um that's fair. Yeah. Uh, I'd say, you know, other characters are a bit more intimidating compared to him. Um, but, yeah, I just... My first introduction to Kingpin, you know, I was just like, hmm, okay. So there's something about him that's keeping him alive and I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And now I'm curious. <laughs> mm-hmm. Definitely. Um yeah, well, speaking of curious, I just wanted to quickly mention before I throw it to Mike that um, I hope, like, I'm guessing, I'm guessing we're going to be seeing him again in the Echo series, but I hope they kind of go into, like, they connect Daredevil to the MCU, like the Netflix show proper to the MCU, uh, which is, looks like looks like they're going to do anyway. Um, but I hope that they kind of explain... Because I, I found out recently, and I haven't seen season three of Daredevil. Have you seen it, Mike? No, I'm not up to that bit yet. Okay, I won't say what I was going to say then, because it's a spoiler. No, that's all right. It's, um, but, I like being spoiled. I sort of like the Stephen King approach of being spoiled. It's like, yeah, it's already been it's already been spoiled, but it's the journey to there that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the what I found out then, if you're okay with it then, I'll just say it. Um but yeah, basically, I found out that uh, at the end of Daredevil season three, Kingpin goes back to jail. Um, so, because um, he was put in jail at the end of season one, and then we see him in prison in season two, and yeah, he gets out in season three. Um, but um, but yeah, he goes back to jail. So what I really want to see in Echo, if they get time to do it, would be what happened in during the five years of the blip. Because I'm guessing Kingpin didn't get blipped. I'm guessing the blip gave like gave rise to this new iteration of King Kingpin. Like let him mm. get out of prison, let him amass 
his empire once again, make it stronger than ever before, have the tracksuit mafia, um, and, you know, and all, all of that. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I hope they do that. I'd really like to know more about, uh, have some more explore, exploration of kin, Kingpin that way. Um, Mike, what did you think of, of, of um, seeing Vincent D'Onofrio here in, in Hawkeye? Uh, pretty good. It, was, it definitely felt like a different dare I say a variant of <laughs> of Kingpin um, yeah there's definitely a lot of time either what you say is a lot of time have passed or or it's a di- slightly different uh, Kingpin um, what they haven't really explained is how there's a connection between the Netflix shows and and the sh- and and the MCU and hopefully yeah. they'll just slowly introduce like different things theories and things and sure it will be fun to speculate but at the moment i don't uh, i think i think people would uh, i think um the mcu is just saying hey we've got these characters and look they're there just it's a not gonna wink not gonna wink it's it's more or less the um ralph boner sort of thing it's not necessarily an actual thing it's just a hey we you get it we get it see we 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 all get it uh, and it doesn't really have much of an explanation until later on down the track, and which I'm sort of happy. I'm yeah, I'm, I don't know. I'm sort of happy that they might they might make reference to it later on down the track. But at the moment, I think because we want to race to the finish line like straight away, there's that, and people don't want to have time to reflect and actually dwell into the sort of nuances that they're sort of let, letting letting out especially when it comes to like the difference between the Netflix shows and and these shows um i suppose that's why i sort of had a bit of a is that it really reaction by the end of it because uh, yeah. because <laughs> yeah i was speculating that there was going to be something huge for kate bishop to actually overcome like a like a death or anything i thought her dad was going to show up but no he's he's dead um maybe we shall see um and spoilers her her mum goes to jail i heard that they did some changes to the end but i don't oh i don't want to speculate too much if it's not true just to say oh they, they changed the ending like they changed the ending for for uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier to to deal with sort of the the uh, the pandemic B plot of a virus going around. I don't know if that's true or not. Probably not, or probably so. I don't know. Probably not. Me rambling. Cool. So at the end, <laughs> so at the end of it, um, it was sort of lackluster, but the but it's sort of. I don't know. It was sort of good at the end. I thought it was going to be a passing of passing of the torch. I thought, I thought um, Hank Pym. I thought, I thought Clint was was going to die. No. Okay. Cool. But they sort of had that sort of passing off of. Oh, what are you going to name yourself? Easy, Hawkeye. There you go. There's a little passing of the torch right there. So it was a fun fun show. I wouldn't rank it as my favorite MCU at 
uh, show at the moment. It's probably roughly in the middle. Um, but it was a bit of fun. Will there be a series two? Probably not. What about you, Kendall? Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I don't think I don't think there'll be um a series two either. Um, yeah, I will kind of agree with you though on the lacklusterness. Um, because there was a lot about the last e- this last episode that I really liked, but I think the kingpin stuff and the Eleanor Bishop thing, while while it made sense, um, I feel like maybe was a little underwhelming. Maybe I don't know because I feel like I hear what you're saying about how like you would want there to be maybe a stronger emotional connection for Kate in this ending um i mean i suppose we get that with the you know the fact that clint finally acknowledges that she's his partner now um and she finally tells him the full extent of what he means to her um which was done so wonderfully um so maybe that's where they were kind of resting it on because i suppose the kingpin and kate bishop fight makes sense because of the eleanor thing uh, and because of Kate's father, um, you know, and the fact that he got got their family involved with Kingpin in the first place, um, it's pretty shitty. But um, yeah, yeah, it would have been nice if they found a way to bring him back. I'm glad Jack was a, the most joyful of red herrings because, man, <laughs> I actually really liked him in the last episode. Like once once the heat was off him, he was just this fun guy who just, you know, was just there to have a sword fight and a good time. Like, you know, I just, I loved how he connected with the LARPers. Mm. I, thought that, I thought that was quite amusing. I love how they brought the LARPers back for the final fight yeah. uh, too. That was super cool. Um, yeah, but the the main thing for the episode for me, um, if I can just speak as, as, as a whole, that I really loved, um, and then I will go into something that I didn't like, and then I'm going to throw to Fulia for the rest of her thoughts. <laughs> um, the, uh, I loved the resolution to uh, Yelena and Clint um, quite a lot, um, especially because, and I, I, I know you know what I'm going to say, I cried um, <laughs> because... And I th- I cried the most here because like I knew it was going to be emotional anyway because obviously it's you know it's coming everything's coming to a head with the Natasha situation with the two of them and and you know what what Elaine is there to do but then what broke me was when Clint whistled mm. and he he used the whistle of you know that Natasha and Elena had um, that we saw in Black Widow I was. Instantly in tears. Instantly. I was just like, wow. Crying on cue much? <laughs> um, my goodness. Just great storytelling. Fantastic. Um, I absolutely adored that. Uh, and that the way that that helped Yelena to realise who Clint meant like to Natasha. Who he was. And and the fact that he knew who Yelena was and and what she meant to Nat as well like i just it was just a perfect way like fucking take that martha like jesus christ you know it's just the best way to get two people to stop fighting when they're on the same side this whistle just yeah yeah kendall why did you have to say that name 
(laughs) (laughs) Because I'll take any opportunity I can to remind people how terrible it is. Um, (laughs) Sorry, I can't help it. Um, But anyway, uh, that was fucking amazing. The only other thing at the episode I don't like is the fact that it it, it cemented, completely cemented, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as non-canon. Um, as alternate MCU timeline, blah, 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 you know, because we got the reveal of, of Laura as Agent 19. Um, so the watch was Laura's, which was, I think we kind of thought that was going to work out that way. So not entirely surprised, but the fact that they put a 19 on the back to say that she's Mockingbird is just shit to me. I don't like it. I mean, I like it in the sense that in the comics, Mockingbird and Hawkeye were in a relationship, so they're honouring that comic book history there. That makes sense. But we had Mockingbird in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., you know, uh, played by Adrienne Palicki, um, and she did such a great job. They, she was supposed to get a spin-off show of her own that didn't end up going ahead um, years ago now, uh, which was a shame, but... You know, just the fact that 2021 really went out of its way to say fuck you to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., <laughs> which is one of one of the best shows, <laughs> one of the best Marvel shows ever, uh, is just it's really disappointing um, that they've done that. But, I mean, it still exists, and the entirety of it is now on Disney Plus for people to watch, just FYI. So please go watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and you'll see what I'm talking yeah. about. It's brilliant. In the variant sec- a- section. <laughs> Yeah, it's in the yeah. They literally need a one of those like boxes on there that's like variants, and it's just shield and I don't know Iron Fist probably. Um, Star Wars Legends. Yeah, yeah. So I'm disappointed about that, but Uh, yeah. Um, I will say, you mm -hmm. can have multiple people playing the different characters, like such as the. Uh, there are two Ant Mans. There is Hank Pym and there and there's Paul Rudd. Yeah. And a number is a number. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Uh, there's two wasps. There's a uh, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can you can probably explain it there. They they probably just add that in. It's like you know what they could be two mocking jays. Mockingbirds, sorry. No, that's okay. <laughs> you know what I mean. I mean, I know, you know you numbers mean. are numbers. I mean, a lot of people are cracking yeah. the shits because 007 is a woman now. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I actually did, did think of bringing it up. I'm like, well, you know, James Bond did it. Simpsons so. did it. <laughs> and numbers. <laughs> a number's just a number, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, that's fair. That's fair. We'll see what happens, but it, it basically just looks like it's just. Yeah. And by the end of this series, there's two Hawkeyes. Yeah, <laughs> technically, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yes. so you know, not not everything's all chuck in the bin, even though it feels like it. No. Yeah. No, that's fair. Um, Optimism. That's my new new resolution for this year. (laughs) I'm going to be the optimism and not bring everything to a a low level. It's like, everything's shit. (laughs) I wonder how long that's going to last. I don't know. 
is that going to be like, is that like you joining a gym because you want to get fit as your New Year's resolution? Like it'll last a week and then next week you'll be back to negative Nancy. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. I hope I'm wrong. I like this. I like this positive mic. I like it a lot. I like it too. It helps me with my fucking mental health. Anyway. Yes. Good. Good. Important. (laughs) Important. Um, Anyway. Yes. Yes. Um, And I loved them in the new suits and the random owl in the Christmas tree. It was so cute. It was a moment, wasn't it? (laughs) Fulia, what did you... What did you think? Any other thoughts on on, on Hawkeye's uh, finale? So I'm going to say that this episode felt like they needed to smash everything into this episode to round it all off, finish it, tie it with a bow and so that it was done. Yeah. That's what it felt like to me. It just felt like they had to cram so much in there um, and make sure that it all ended properly without any like cliffhangers or anything that was like there's no information missed about certain plot points yeah well i will say this episode was the longest of all six um like it was about an hour or just on yeah 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 so yeah so that i kind of felt like they they just crammed everything into this one um overall it was good i really enjoyed the fight scene on the ice rink. <laughs> yeah, that was great, wasn't it? <laughs> Which was a lot of fun to watch uh, with the, you know, the, the tracksuit mafia coming after them. And no matter how hard they tried, they couldn't get anywhere near them. <laughs> with, the, um, with all of their uh, trick arrows that they had to put together, which, um, you know, she was, uh, she was very, very, Kate Bishop was very, very happy about um, because ever since the start of the, series she she was all about the trick arrows <laughs> <laughs> yeah um i agree about jack he had it was nice to see him not be the villain <laughs> yeah because <laughs> i was kind of like toward like towards the middle of it i was like i kind of like i kind of like him um especially like the the the, the cheekiness of his personality uh and then, you know, he, the, the fact that he just really loved to, to do some sword fighting. So it was nice to see that he was actually helping Kate by the end. <laughs> and that was really cool. Um, yeah, that, um, that fight scene between Hawkeye and, and Yelena was just, oh, man, very emotional, very yeah. powerful. Um, mm-hmm. Just to, to finally have Yelena realize what actually happened. And the fact that she just didn't want to believe that her sister would sacrifice herself. um, Yeah. Instead, you know, sacrifice herself for him specifically. Yeah. um, So that he could live on, which was really, really hard to sort of take in. Um, So I did enjoy the way that that sort of panned out. Um, There was also one thing I... One other thing I wanted to mention um, about the episode that I really, really enjoyed. And that was... Oh, yeah, the scene. <laughs> before before Hawkeye and Yelena end up fighting, uh, where Kate and Yelena were together. <laughs> oh where Kate God, was trying scenes. to... 
stop Yelena from getting to Hawkeye, that was a lot of fun, I think, to watch. Yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I agree. They fight agree. a little bit and then they comment on their skill levels and all that sort of It's just all the positivity. <laughs> I, I have a sneaking suspicion that's going to be a precursor to something that's going to be up and coming like, I don't know, Young Avengers. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. Because yeah. they're setting that up. <laughs> oh yeah they are so I, I definitely enjoyed their little interaction in that scene like going up the elevator and then Kate being all childish and pushing all of the elevator buttons and <laughs> that was so good <laughs> You're like, and then, like, like the don't outf- do it <laughs> yeah and like the outfit reveal <laughs> like did you mean to do that Kate Bishop Kate Bishop so good um, so good and just one other thing, Yelena's hair, the way it was bloody styled and braided back, like in kind of like a mohawk sort of a style. My gosh, yeah. that was amazing. It was very cool, yeah, wasn't it? I really liked that. And it was like asymmetrical. There was like this random like little plait that was to the right yeah. side. Yeah. It wasn't one, like it was, yeah, it was, I, it was awesome. That, I like that look on Yelena. I really like it. Same. <laughs> Same. Yeah, so... Um, you know, I really enjoyed the, I really enjoyed this episode. Um, but as I said earlier on about Kingpin, you know, mm, something fishy about him. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which we, we will see. Yes. He maybe got his hands on some super soldier serum. But apparently in Not the bad. comics, he's, he's supposed to be a huge fucking hulking man. It's just muscle upon muscle. and and we yeah. sort of Like see, in Miles Morales. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, pretty much the same thing. Like a big, <laughs> big bulk of man. And yeah, if, if you shoot an hour in him, it doesn't really affect him. It's just like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, gets exploded and shot and survives as well. Um, interesting. Um one th- one more thing before we we move on to our next item, um, <laughs> the full, uncut version of oh Rog- Rogers the musical. <laughs> I rolled my eyes. I face palm. I'm like no. <laughs> oh no! I did not like it. I'm the only one that liked it. I actually actually okay. Me and my friend Adam. And maybe my friend Ryan too. But everyone this, else is like, just... this is the worst post credit scene since Steve Rogers told us about patience. <laughs> like, <laughs> There's just too much cheese. Too... It's so cheesy. Oh I, I, know it's, I know it's so cheesy, but I love cheese sometimes. <laughs> I, I sometimes do. I, I loved this. I just loved the whole thing. It was just I great. I couldn't. I was just like, oh, when is this going to end? <laughs> No, I loved it. No, I thought it, I thought it was amazing. Um, Michael, what? What did you th- What did you think? Well, me being positive has sort of died at the moment. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, no. I didn't like it when it was a little bit in. in the, <laughs> I thought, yeah, I understand. It's supposed to be there to be making fun of of um what heroes are supposed to be in the MCU like 
and this is what this TV show is sort sort of diving in diving into. What makes a hero? Are heroes are supposed to be worshipped or anything like that? And yeah, being a musical, it's supposed to be cheese, but a post credit scene with the whole number. No. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Do not want. <laughs> Never want it again. <laughs> No, it was so good. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> but they they can do this all day. Come on. No. It was the... It was... Uh, Steve Rogers may be the ass of America, but it was just plain ass. <laughs> <laughs> well said. Well said. Spoken like a true critic. Shank. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, feel, I feel like a Roger Ebert. Uh, yes. Both of them melded together. Fusing yep. together like Dragon Ball Z. Siskel and Ebert. Yes. Siebert. Yes. yes. Mm. All right. I've got okay, white hair well. and I'm bald. <laughs> <laughs> well, now that um, we've got that out of the way, apparently. Um. <laughs> you were hoping to have friends. I was, and I don't. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's okay. Look, I know I'm in the minority. I'm fully aware I'm in the minority on that. So it's okay. It's I will accept it for what That's it is. Right. Yeah, it's fine. It's all it's good. Fine. Okay. All right. Shall we talk about Doctor Who? Yes. 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 Let's talk about Doctor Who. Um, okay. So... Um, New Year's special, uh, Eve of the Daleks, um, and uh, yeah, I, I I really really liked it. I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, love a good time loop, uh, and I love the fact that it was, um, you know, I, uh, I I suppose a Doctor Who approach to a time loop. Like it was they they made the time loop concept their own in this episode. Mm. I think. Um, like, I loved how it was different in that, you know, every time they came back, they lost time. Um, so that was a clever kind of thing and a good way to amp up the the um, intensity of the story and what was happening. And just the stakes were very high. Um, and but but rookie me, I don't know about you guys, but I felt I fucking fell for it. I was like at the start when they all. When they all started getting killed by the Dalek, I was like, "I'm sorry, what am I? What? What? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no, no, what's happening? I don't. What's happening?" And then it all reset and everything, and I was like, "Oh, okay, all right, cool, cool, cool." Because I was like, "There's no way I've seen this trailer. Why are they killing off? You know, the two newer characters, like straight up." I'm like, "Okay, that's weird. I thought I saw them in more scenes than that, but that's all right." Um, so that was that was clever. And the way that they had to kind of, you know, use the time that they had to figure out their predicament um, was 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 cool as well. Um, yeah, and I definitely think I I liked Dan more again in this this one than he than I think he was in the last couple episodes of the Flux. Um, but that's okay. Like he's fantastic. Um, anyway. Just a very enjoyable presence on screen. I really liked, uh, and I hope I'm not butchering the pronunciation of her name, but Aisling B, um, who was, I think Sarah was her mm. name. Um, she was awesome. 
I mean, she got a little bit um, fired up at one point and started, like, attacking the doctor, um, even though it wasn't her fault. Um, that was – she went a bit harsh there. But apart from that, I thought she was she was really, really cool I and it gave a great performance. Yeah, she's, um, a, was she's a, bit, a lot better the, the, in this than she is in, in – um <laughs> another movie that came out this year last year oh what movie was she in home sweet home oh she in home sweet home alone she familiar and i'm like i see i know this face yes. where is she from <laughs> yeah wow. she plays the mum in yeah she does yeah wow there with you a, go with okay. a british accent a british instead of her her native, native irish. irish interesting yeah, yeah. nice Okay, that's a nice little bit t- uh, bit of trivia there. Um, but yeah, she was awesome. I I loved the recurring bit with her mum on the phone. That was funny. Um, and but then yeah, then 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 Nick was interesting because he was like, at first I was like, who the fuck is this guy? He seems so nice and sweet, and oh my god, he has a an unrequited crush on her. But then I, th- you find out what he's keeping storage in his in his room and i was just like what sane man does that <laughs> i mean i know i'm sure the intent is there and it's nice and sweet and everything but i was like even for me i was just like this is weird who comes up with this just as an idea um, i know of men who <laughs> <laughs> there's no malice behind it there it's just Maybe they want their stuff back, but but being the sort of person that he is, they don't want to deal with him whatsoever. So, yeah, it was just like of all the things for you to be, of all the ways to intro him into the story, to give him a reason to be at the storage unit um, in the first place. I just I thought they could have done a better job. Yeah. They're making him a bit creepy. Um, I mean, a lot of the... I liked the kind of the humour with, like, you know, all the stuff with Jeff and his, you know, beef and beans was funny. Um, and just all the random shit he had that ended up helping them conveniently with the plot. Um, all like the that illegal was, that, things. All the illegal <laughs> things that old mate Jeff had. That was fantastic. But, yeah, but just Nick was like, yeah. I'm like, sure, okay, sure, men keep keep things that their exes you know, might want to come back for one day. But but the fact that he had that many exes with that many things and he was labeled, I don't know, it was just a lot. It was a lot. But I, I came around him in, in the end and I liked him in the end and I liked the fact that him and Sarah ended up together. I thought that was nice. Yeah. Um, speaking of ending up together, boy, did I pick the right time to get involved with Doctor Who because, <laughs> oh, my God. Thasman is canon, ladies and gentlemen, yeah. and I am... Oh, no. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> Someone's not happy about it. I'm happy um, with the relationship. I just don't I just don't like shipping. Okay. <laughs> well, that's totally fine. That's totally fine. I won't go on and on about <laughs> shipping. But I am very, very happy um, that, that they've decided to actually... Like, well, I don't know if it's a decision that Chris Chibnall made, but I feel like it's just, you know, maybe that was the plan all along, the way, you know, they wrote this kind of uh, connection between Yaz and the Doctor um, throughout 
the you know the seasons I'm guessing I've only seen obviously I've only seen all the most recent episodes so I haven't really seen the beginning of this relationship that they have um but I was very aware of everybody kind of really being um you know wanting them to get together and all this stuff and um so it's nice that it's canonically acknowledged um and um and I really love the way it happened like just the fact that Dan took the moment to be like, you know, tell both of them that the other likes them and sort of thing, um, or you know, help help Yaz at least to acknowledge what she's feeling. Mm. Um, that was a very sweet scene, um, quite a bit. Um, I really really liked it. Um, so I'm very very happy about that, and I I'm excited to see where that that will go. But yeah, just yeah. It's very exciting. Mm. It's very exciting. But yeah, overall, overall, this, yeah, this was a really good special and um, I haven't seen much of the Daleks and I'm glad that they kind of explained that wasn't all of the Daleks that were wiped out during the flux. It was just a f- one fleet of them. Um, so that's fine. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, it was fun. It was a good, good story. Interesting characters. Well performed, well shot. Yeah, there was a lot to like about Eve of the Daleks for me. Um, Fulia, what did you what did you think about this this uh, special of Doctor Who? Um, I liked it as well. Uh, just you know the fact that it's sort of rotating around the last like within the last ten minutes of New Year's Eve, and you know the um, in and the lead up to, and then you find out that they have to reset the TARDIS. Uh, because of what it's gone through and with all the doors and all that sort of stuff. So the doctor's like, we need to reset it, but we can't be in it because it'll be dangerous. So you can't really be inside your computer when it's doing an upgrade. No. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So the doctor's like, I'll take you to the beach somewhere and really cool. And then they end up at this self-storage place, which is like, really really weird and kind of kind of apocalyptic almost <laughs> like it's just it's like yeah. the most like emptiest type of self storage you could go to like very creepy um to me and then they're like oh we're not this doesn't look like the beach where are we <laughs> um so i like the fact that they've decided to go in this sort of a route with the whole time loop concept was really cool. Um, the fact that every time they came back f- into the, to, to the beginning of the loop, it was, you know, a minute less. Um, and, and originally I was kind of like for a split second, I was the same as you Kendall. I thought, wow, they're really killing him off. But then I'm like, wait, but there's still, all the rest of this episode to go like what's going to happen now <laughs> and then i'm like wait no there's got to be there's got to be something and then when they returned to the beginning of the loop for the first time i originally thought that they were in some form of like space or like a, some form of space that the dialects send you to once you've been exterminated But then I thought to myself, but no, when they exterminate you, you're dead. (laughs) It doesn't mean you're alive in any other sort of form. 
that's it. Your life is done. Um, so then, and then they sort of, and then it went through it a, a couple more times and I was just like, Oh, hold on a second. <laughs> so I was really, I was really enjoying the, um, yeah, I really enjoyed this particular episode. Um, the little moment that, um, that Yaz had and, you know, f- finally coming to the, you know, to the point where she reveals that she's, she actually has feelings for the doctor. Um, yeah. And it was really, and it was really sweet that Dan was, you know, the, the, the middleman, I suppose, yeah. to try and get them to like. Wingman. Yeah. To talk about it, you know. <laughs> So it was, that was cute. It was really, it was really sweet. The one thing I will mention, I really enjoyed Dan when he found out that they were in Manchester and he didn't like it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> bloody Manx, whatever he said. <laughs> oh, that was funny. Like that, that, I had a good chuckle at that <laughs> when that happened. When that happened, so I was like, yeah. Um, but yeah, overall, it was, um, it was a really good episode. Very entertaining. Um, and yeah, just I'm, I'm glad. It all sort of got sorted out. <laughs> nice. Okay, Mike, I'm dying to know what you thought of this. I really enjoyed this episode for for a single episode, which I actually quite like. Um, yeah, I do. I do like um, Chris Chipnell's like single stories because he, it's a simple premise and as simple as it can be, being a sci-fi uh, sci-fi show. And and you stop and f- finish. Uh, I think that's probably why I, I prefer this better than maybe the flux, like as a whole. I mean, I do like the single. I do like certain single single episodes in the flux, but uh, I like I, I do like like these sort of um, nice contained stories uh, a little bit more. And when you're dealing with a concept of a time loop and how and how we learn about the. Um, the rules of this particular time loop that uh, they're losing a minute every time they do a loop, and they got to finish by midnight, and and the things getting smaller and smaller and small smaller, like the the time that they have, uh, I really like because it also adds on a sort of uh, a ticking clock, as well, which which is uh, a good pun within itself because they they do talk time is catching up with you. And this is a good metaphor. And I do like metaphors when they work. And this one particularly works. And, yeah, um, each each character involved, I I really like. Maybe Nick's a bit of a bittersweet pill to swallow. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't quite sure them getting together at the end sort of fit well with me because... <laughs> That's fair. This guy, I mean, I don't know. You know, opposites do attract. I mean, I do look at my relationship with my wife. I mean, we're completely opposites, and there's only certain things that sort of cling us together. And the relationship between Yaz and the Doctor, uh, I did say when I was talking about the flux deck, there is something there. And, and, uh, yeah, I wasn't hoping for it to be a romantic sort of relationship because we sort of have seen it before, and I do joke it's 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 Rose, it's it's um it's Martha, it's 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 Amy, and 
Derek, yeah, River Song, but she's not really a companion. She's sort of a, a, a parallel traveler to the Doctor. Um, like, the Doctor has had romantic sort of dealings with companions, and we have seen it before. But I'm hoping they do something different with it because uh, the Doctor sort of uh, was the relationship between the Doctor and Rose was something something interesting like rose had feelings for the doctor but the doctor couldn't um return the favor because of who he is like he's a he's a creature from time and he's he's ancient and he it's it's like the relationship that um dr manhattan from uh from the watchman he's a fourth dimensional being so you can't really have a relationship with with these particular creatures yeah. because because they they can't live with you basically um because the life expectancy is actually astronomical uh, astronomical compared to a human so that doesn't work so hopefully they'll do something different with yes like yes it's the same sex relationship that is different but i want something a bit more like yes it is interesting being a same-sex relationship but surely we should be normalizing that by now like yeah it is yeah. it is a relationship and and yeah i do i want to see what they do with it like if they do something similar like it's like oh i can't be with you because of what what's happening with this and and that's why the ending with martha sort of didn't really fit well with me because essentially martha was sort of like a a rebound girl <laughs> dare i say it because the doctor's re um relationship with rose sort of uh, tampered out and was uh, and was really sad because now she's in a parallel uh, dimension spoilers but there you go um in a roundabout way of saying it i give it a uh, four and a half stars okay and the, cool. and the daleks are always fun fun to come back yeah and the and yeah i'll say um the sort of this sort of um you can't watch the fl you can't watch this without the flux like because they do make reference to it and and uh and they sort of um ended the why is the tardis like being weird and stuff yeah yeah which fully reminded me of yeah. um and i yeah i forgot to mention that i was very happy with that resolution yeah mm. And I'll end you with a little tidbit. The Kyle, the guy that they're talking about, is the same Kyle in the first episode of Jodie Whittaker's Doctor. Uh, and I'll leave it there because, you know, spoilers and that. So the Kyle that turns up at the end of this episode, you know, um, recording the um, fireworks without even, you know, looking up and watching it, which is annoying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's like, yeah, I gotta make memories on your phone. You're there. Just look at it. So anyway, <laughs> yeah. so yeah, that that character um, comes back. So what I'm thinking is they're probably going to say uh, make reference to different stories through Jodie Whittaker because it's her last hurrah. So I I'm, uh, I get that. So speaking of, mm. uh, usually at the end of the special 
there's a regeneration. There wasn't this time. Out of all the specials. Like it's either at the end of the series or at the end of or at the beginning of the New Year's special. Uh, During this particular run of Doctor Who. I don't think so. Yeah. Because the previous one was um, the Doctor in jail, and there's no, and that was Captain Jack Hartness uh, coming back. I, f- I I feel like Foley is referencing every time that we know a Doctor's been at the end of their tenure, and there's been a New Year's special. There's been a regeneration. Is that what you mean? Foley? Yeah, like at least the the beginning of. It's not. The, t- the full regeneration, but just the the noticeable like beginnings of the regeneration to then oh, okay, go yeah. into the next episode where it actually happens. Yeah. I suppose, yeah, they're sort of running up to the final episode of Jodie Whittaker and they're sort of starting with the specials, mm. uh, these particular specials. So, yeah, I can see where, see where you're going from. Um, there is glimpses of... there is, There is sort of last hurrah sort of aspects coming coming into fruition yeah especially with especially with Yaz and the Doctor their relationship God what's going to happen in the last episode when will she continue maybe yeah I mean there's only there's only a handful of companions that actually witnessed um uh, regeneration and they have their own particular um, uh, arcs when it com- comes to regeneration. Like, first, well, here we go, Rose uh, witnessed a regeneration and essentially she she thought her friend was dead. And who is this new person? Mm. And, and that's always an interesting take. It's like, it's a completely new person. It's like, oh, he's hotter and thinner and... <laughs> a bit easy on the eyes I mean you know Christopher Eccleston's hot in his own way I mean very rugged true man mm. but still but David but Tennant David Tennant yeah yeah <laughs> I mean I, I'm not gay but I definitely would <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah who bloody wouldn't hey who bloody wouldn't? Oh, gosh. Especially, especially um, in his Crowley outfit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Red hair and, and slit yeah. eyes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I can't wait for season two. Oh, gosh. Same. Me too. Same. Yeah. It's going to be great. Anyway, yeah, I, I do love Doctor Who. And I'll defend it to my dying breath. <laughs> even, Damn straight. Even if I do get kicked kicked out of the <laughs> Facebook, <laughs> Facebook groups, yeah, fuck them. Anyway, I won't get yeah. into that. Fuck. <laughs> no, no, fuck them. <laughs> Absolutely, fuck them. Um. All right. Well, that's two out of our four uh, talking points done for popcorn culture. Uh, moving into the second half now uh, with our. Uh, Discussion on uh, the 20th anniversary reunion of Harry Potter uh, Return to Hogwarts. Um, this 
this yeah dropped on uh, in, in the states on HBO Max New Year's Day here in Australia we had it on Binge or Foxtel um, and uh, yeah what a way to bring in the new year mm. uh, I mean not just Doctor Who but Harry Potter as well um, and I was not expecting this same to to like hit the way it did yeah me too um yeah like holy fuck. Um, it was amazing. Like it was so, it was so good. Uh, this is how you do a reunion, folks. Like this is like the bar you have to hit. Um, and I don't know. I don't think anyone will ever really hit the bar uh, because, like, as they kind of touch on in the in the reunion, you know, this is like a once in a lifetime sort of a situation w- where you have these, you know. Child actors who are coming of age at the same time as their audience and they're not being replaced or recast or at any point. They're, they're, through the entirety of this film franchise, they are playing these characters and they are growing up with these characters. And, you know, and then, you know, obviously other cast members come and go around them and all of that. But, like, the f- like that doesn't happen uh, in Hollywood. That doesn't happen in filmmaking very often at all, if at all ever, really. So it's really kind of a once-in-a-lifetime thing. And this special, for me, really kind of cemented that as, like, just something so special to be a part of um, as a fan, you know? Like, just hearing the stories from these amazing people. Like, I loved, I loved the way it was structured... The fact that you had, like, it wasn't just a 20, 20th anniversary celebration of the Philosopher's Stone. They went through the entire thing, um, which was really nice, you know. Uh, and at first I was, and it's funny because one of them, I can't remember which, which actor says it, but one of them is like, you know, feels a bit soon to be having a reunion because it's only been 10 years um, since, or 10 and a half years, almost 11 now, since Deathly Hallows Part 2, um, you know, played in cinemas. But, um... But yeah, but I feel like it's good in the sense that at least, you know, so many of the actors, even though we've lost so many actors that are a part of this franchise, so many fantastic performers that are are still here that contributed to this series. And if they'd waited to do a reunion, then it would, you know, it wouldn't be the same. So I thank God they did this now. Um but yeah, so it's just, it's just amazing. Like the, the story, yeah, like I said, the stories you hear, the fact that we get to see so many of the cast come back and, and talk about their experiences, especially of course, you know, Daniel Radcliffe, Rupert Grint and Emma Watson, like just, you really get such a real sense of who these people are and who these people are in relation to each other and their shared experience working on these movies. Um, like it's so special. And they really kind of make you feel a part of it in a way, which is a fan was just super cool. Um, but for some highlights, highlights for me that I'll, I'll just run through quickly. Um, I loved, I loved hearing about uh, the, the, the hilarity of, of um, Emma, Emma and Rupert having to kiss each other. Yeah. Um, and how Daniel Radcliffe was on the sidelines just giving them shit. Um, I thought that was fantastic. Um, uh, even though that the two of them are obviously so close, they're like more like siblings, the fact that they had to like, you know, pretend to, you know, have a romance um, 
is just hilarious. Um, and just the way that, you know, seeing the behind the scenes footage of it, of them, you know, cracking up laughing and all of that was just a joy to watch. Um, what else was good? I really, I really got tickled by the fact that, um, like Chris Columbus and, and Daniel Radcliffe talked about how, uh, Richard Harris thought Forks was a real bird. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I thought that was very cool. Uh, very special. Uh, and yeah, it was nice to see some behind the scenes footage of Richard Harris as well. Um, especially cause he's been, he's been gone sadly now for so long. Um, but, um, but it was, so that was really lovely to get a taste of him again. Um, I loved the, the bit about the essay writing in character. Um, you know, how, how, Dan- how Daniel wrote, you know, a couple of pages, if that, you know, very much a Harry thing. Um, Hermione wrote a fucking 12 page essay, whatever it was. Um, Emma did as Hermione. See, I called her Hermione. Obviously it's working. Um, and then Rupert Grint was like, I didn't do it. Why? Oh, because, you know, Ron, Ron wouldn't do it. (laughs) So I think I, and it's, it works. It fits. Like it's a very Ron Weasley thing, I think. So I I loved, I loved that so much. Um, and Um, then I think actually, yes, go on. Uh, Ron would have got Hermione to do it. <laughs> Actually, that's a better point. Yeah. <laughs> that's why. You, um, that's why I don't like this particular Ron. <laughs> <laughs> like movie? Are you saying just movie? I uh, just movie. He's different. Is yeah. He's he he's a little bit different to to book Ron. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's that's fair. That's totally fair. Um, I really enjoyed learning that. Uh, Jason Isaacs uh, was he went in to read for Gilderoy Locker. I th- that was very interesting. Trying to imagine him as Gilderoy was very funny. Um, and then reluctantly ended up playing <laughs> Lucius Malfoy, which worked out very well. Um, Mike Newell is just the most funny, funniest, charming, zaniest director of the whole franchise, and I love that. Um, and the fact that he ended up breaking ribs by teaching the Phelps twins how to fight each other. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that was good. fucking, that was fucking brilliant. Um, and then, uh, and then a, a, most, a couple of the other things I, I suppose I really enjoyed was just like the, just seeing the cast interact with each other, particularly um, Daniel with Gary Oldman. Those scenes were very good. Um, and then of course, uh, Daniel with Helen and Bonham Carter um, or HBC, as he calls yeah. it, um, in this love letter that he wrote, where he's may like, "If I, I was, I, may I, I read I, it. I wish." Oh, please, you've got I've it. I've got it. Hey, let's read it because holy shit, <laughs> it's so good. So this is what Go Daniel wrote uh, back in 2011 to Helena. Dear Helena Bonham Carter, it was a pleasure being your co-star and co-star in the fact I always <laughs> ended up holding your coffee. I do love you and I wish I'd just been born 10 years earlier so I might have been in with a chance. <laughs> Got out of crack. <laughs> Got out of crack. Oh my God. It's so good. And she's like, I, she hangs it up in her bathroom apparently or in the, in the, in the toilet or something. Uh, it's, it's like the fucking sweetest hilarious. thing ever. It's so nice. It's so nice. And I could not get over the look on Daniel Radcliffe's face. He was so embarrassed. He was embarrassed, but it was so endearing yeah. and just and just so sweet because he was like laughing so much. I've never seen him <laughs> laugh like that before, and that just gave me so much joy as a as a woman who 
used to want to marry him. Um, <laughs> that was that was pretty fantastic. Um, what else did I I like? Uh, well, speaking of you know relationships, um, Emma Watson and Tom Felton, of course. I mean, long long common knowledge in the fandom that you know Emma had a crush on Tom, um, but it was really nice to see the two of them, you know, explain it. Uh, what it is as much as they could because it kind of seems like it's almost beyond words like they just love each other and that's just the way their friendship is Um, and I thought that was really beautiful like the fact that two two human beings male and female can just have a super strong connection like that and have it not be romantic and no pressure to be romantic or any of that stuff um, as much as the fans want them to actually get together in real life it's never happening guys Um, yeah it's like shipping but yeah yeah. Shipping is cringe. <laughs> Shipping is cringe. Yeah. Um I don't ship real life people. I won't I won't do that. Um I draw the line there. Um but that was really, really sweet to just to hear the two of them talk that way about each other. Um it was very, very nice. Um and then yeah, and then I suppose the way the ending just kind of broke me, um, with fucking dropping that in memoriam segment. That I think killed all of us, really. Um, uh, it was very, very respectful and and beautifully done. Uh, cried so much, and I don't. It was similar to Spider Man No Way Home. Once that happened, I think I was just crying for the rest of the thing because after that, they just kind of really went into just what Harry Potter means to them and what it means to the fans, and just I felt like I was a teenager again. Um, I felt like I was back there in that headspace. Of you know, reading these books, being obsessed, just going to see the movies, just learning everything about it, and just really falling in love with the world, and praying for my Hogwarts letter. You know, it was just it made me feel like a kid again, and that was nothing's really done that like this because you know people talk about nostalgia. You know, we talk about you know, for example, you know how Cobra Kai is doing that with the Karate Kid thing, but you know, I wasn't really I wasn't alive when those movies came out I watched them as I was you know old got older and stuff and have that connection but this is I think this is like the first time there's been a reunion of something that's made me go fuck (laughs) how good and how lucky are we to be a part of this so yeah it was fucking amazing and I think I've said all I need to say Fulia please take it away I love this it just like you said it just hit the nostalgia factor for us so much. And I think it's mostly because of the fact that we grew up with these kid actors from the beginning. Oh, yeah. And they're uh-huh. basically our age. They they are. <laughs> I'm, I'm the same. Well, fully, you and I were the same age as, as Rupert Grint and Tom Felton, I yeah. think. Yeah. Yeah, like the exact age and... Mike, you and you and I'm, the, I'm the same her. age as Harry. <laughs> You're the same age as Harry. So yeah, yeah. You know. So the nostalgia for us is not only the films that came out at the same time, like at that time while we were still growing up, but it's the fact that we grew up with these kids, um, and you know, and then sort of learning more about them, and then just getting to know them more. And this reunion special absolutely nailed it because we got to learn a bit more about what they went through during the filming process of the film of the movies yeah and just how um 
how crazy it was at the time when the books were still only newly being released while these films were being made. Um, like the hype of the Harry Potter franchise was just epic um, yeah. during that time. I think I remember at some point where Half-Blood Prince, um, the book was coming out. And I think it was like high school at some point. And like every time I went to like a, a bookstore, there were cues for that for that book. Including like Big W and, and, and Target and Kmart when they were selling books as well. Just nuts. Um so Yeah, yeah. It was <laughs> so I remember that time of of my youth and I just like wow. Yeah. Um and it just really resonates. Can I just say I was one of them. <laughs> I was there with mum. And we were and we were both both dressed up. <laughs> yes! That's so good. Every book that was coming out at our lo- local bookshop. Uh, Colin's Bookshop. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah, I didn't. Yeah. And, and yeah, just there when it first opens. And it was... It was... <laughs> It was not a huge line because, you know, Swan Hill is a very small place and, (laughs) like, at least 10 people. And we all know each other and it was great. And, (laughs) ah, the memories. Yeah. Yeah, I said the same thing to Fulia last week when we caught up. But, yeah, I remember the day Order of the Phoenix came out very clearly. Like, I remember going to Kmart and buying it. Um, How, like, there was this big circular stack of the book just in the middle of like the front entrance sort of area um so you can grab it as soon as you go in basically um but yeah i don't remember queuing i i I can't remember if i queued up to for opening or not but i remember yeah seeing that i remember going there with my mom and then going to my brother's soccer match while he was playing and i was sitting in the back seat reading chapter one um while he was playing soccer, so I remember that day mm-hmm. um, very, very well. So yeah, I, yeah, we all three of us seem to have that kind of connection, mm. which is which is which is really cool. Yeah, um, I also absolutely loved it when they were also uh, chatting and catching up with the adult stars as well. Yeah, which was really cool. Um, I loved how this one, this one particular one where it was. Tom Felton and Jason Isaacs were catching up and they were talking about the time where there was a scene that got cut out, I think from Chamber of Secrets, I believe. Yes. And, Bogan um, and Burks. <laughs> yes. How Tom Felton was so intimidated by Jason Isaacs as his dad uh, that... And the way that um, Jason was actually playing Lucius was so full on and serious to him. I think there was a, there was a particular scene that was cut out where he got his cane, and the cane because it's like a snake sort of head, and it's got the fangs, went to smack his hand, uh, Tom Felton's hand, and actually made it bleed. <laughs> <sighs> Oh yeah. my goodness! I was it was intense. I was like, and and then Tom Felton just said that he cried because of the pain, <laughs> and then Jason 
broke out of character and just went to to Tom and was like, are you okay? Are you all right? And he felt so bad about it. But <laughs> and Tom was going, no, it's okay. It was good for the, I'm good fine, for the cat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was good for the scenes. <laughs> uh, oh my goodness, I absolutely love that. And the way that you know, there were that Daniel was catching up with Gary Oldman, like they were like old buddies. It was yeah so good. And just the little sort of stories that they were rehashing with each other and. Um, and, yeah, and then Daniel with Helena. Um, I absolutely loved the um, the little catch-up that Emma and Rupert had. Yeah. That was like, oh, oh my God. <laughs> Even though they were married by the end of the franchise, as in their, their characters got married, um, I... Honestly, seeing them two together and and just chatting with each other and and just talking about their experiences on set just oh melted my heart, <laughs> made me feel so good. And then you know the moments where they had the really emotional sort of um, talk that oh just made me cry. Because they were yeah. telling each other how much they loved each other as friends. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, no. I, this, this, this reunion was just everything to me. <laughs> yeah, it was so mm. good. Yeah. All right, Michael. Hello. Hello. How did, how did you go with, uh, with watching this reunion? Yeah, it was all right. <laughs> Not as good as the friends reunion. Which I haven't seen. God, I was just, I was just thinking. I'm like, I feel like the reason the Friends reunion will never compare to this is because uh, two words: James Corden. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, anyway. was he there? Um, um, no. <laughs> yeah, he he hosts the the Friends reunion, nice. and I'm actually happy yeah. that there wasn't really a host for this one. Yeah. Yeah. Same. It, that was a great touch. Yeah. It was just. It was just more fluid and how it sort of melded into each other. And I was I was the same. I was actually quite surprised. I actually were tackling all of the um, films instead of just the first one um, because that is the 20th anniversary. So if this one's so big, then next year is going to be the 20th anniversary for Chamber of Secrets. So what mm. are they going to do then? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> You've already shot your load. There's no more in the chamber. <laughs> oh dear so good so yeah i was actually quite surprised and this was a bit of a special treat um and i am a former harry potter fan but something like this sort of really like touched my heart because it did bring me back to being a, um a kid a, a just a tall lanky kid spotty smelly <laughs> <laughs> you know from the age from the age of 12 onwards up to when was it like shit just before end of high school and yeah and we all did grow, grow up with harry potter i mean i remember distinctly that the first time i watched uh no not watched read uh read um half blood prince and 
uh, spoilers, but Dumbledore dies. And it was the same year that my grandfather died at the same time. Mm. So it was just an emotional roller coaster for me for that for that for that um, particular time in my life. And these particular books mm. actually got me got me into reading because I'm not that good of a reader. I am a dyslexic and uh, by hook by cook I was trying to finish these books but I still needed help from mum and and it was these books and nothing's going to take, take that away from me and and yeah th- these are more to do with the movies than the books obviously I mean I don't want to talk about the elephant that's in the room <laughs> or the problematic person who's not in the room or wasn't even interviewed but Dare I say, it? They did reference the um, the author, and it it just it just sat well. It's just a things a thing. That's that's it. We don't need to acknowledge that. This is more about the films and how people um, relate to these films because death of the author, uh, well, death of the author. Sorry, to where your art is out in the public and they change it change it into something else and these are the fruits of the loins of of a of a book series and this is the films and yeah there's always difference between books and films i mean we can talk talk about that until the cows go home of what is different and what what it is but this is is what most people know harry potter to be is the films and I really, really enjoyed it, and it was something that I needed because Fantastic Beasts, Fantastic Beasts, aren't really for me. Um, uh, I'm not really excited for the third, third film. I, I'm not really. I wouldn't say I'm interested, but I'm not running out to go go and see it. Cursed Child. It is what it is. It was an interesting story, but it's supposed to be canon, but I don't know. It's different. But the nostalgia in this is something that will stay with me, and hopefully something like this will be for my kids as well. Not necessarily for Harry Potter, but something similar, like waiting until until the books come out. Like that sort of childlike wonder that we all had and yeah I'll, I'll, I'll get into it the memorians the mem- uh it is it was a great touching tribute to the people who are no longer with us especially with richard harris and alan rickman as well i mean when alan rickman died and uh, the whole universe just stopped yeah i mean yeah Alan Rickman was was Snape, but he was also Hans Gruber, the the best <laughs> German to ever terrorist. <laughs> and I don't care what you say, Julio, it was a, it was a good Christmas. <laughs> good Christmas but but yeah, it it was it was great, and have, having everyone sort of referenced as well, including a particular name that was in, in that list that popped up on screen. And I was already teary from, like, <laughs> Alan Rickman. And, but when I saw that name, I just absolutely wailed. I was in my house. I, all the kids were asleep. 
And I was just there, and Sammy was on her on the laptop doing her own thing. He's like, I'm just going to watch this. I'm going to see what's happening. So I was watching it, and I was audibly wailing, and she came into the room and was like, what's going on? I was like, oh, it referenced him. What are you talking about? <laughs> and, yeah, they, they referenced Rick Mail in... And the story, and people who don't know, the story is he was meant to play play Pleves the Poltergeist. Sorry, I'm trying to talk while not trying to ball my eyes out. Yeah, it's hard. (laughs) He was meant to play Pleves, and and there is footage out there, and there is there is mention that there is a three hour cut. We want that cut, but please add in. And in Rick Mail. I mean, for us Rick Mail fans and Harry Potter fans, I mean, that Venn diagram is pretty slim. <laughs> but, but, oh my God, please. It, it's something that we would love to see. Like, And considering he, he has pa- passed on in 2014, like, that. I know a lot of people have got their sort of like their their celebrity deaths that affected them. This really affected me because he was sort of he was a different sort of ca- um, comic actor that I liked. Where it's <laughs> it's not necessarily everyone's cup of tea, but it, it was a just a different way of performing and also comedy as well. It actually. It was him with a group of people doing alternative comedy, which, <laughs> which, it, which was it was pretty pretty much punk rock at the time for comedy, where where yeah. people were hitting themselves over the head with frying pans and, and shit like that, it, and it and it's something that I just I I sort of live to this day, especially with with me and what Phil do with 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 our comedy. I mean. Essentially, Unibums is stolen from the young ones, <laughs> and, and and my character Sydney is is the secret love child between between Rick Mayo and Aidan Edmondson. <laughs> so so it's that particular thing, and when they and I just I just really much appreciate them just mentioning his name. Because nowhere, nowhere can we find like like concept concept art or even things on set. I mean, the only thing that we've got is people mentioning him being there, and and also him him doing like a little interview saying that the best <laughs> the best um gig he's ever done was doing Harry Potter because he he was there for for um i think it was a week he got paid but he wasn't he wasn't in there so so he says it's <laughs> like <laughs> he doesn't like harry potter because it's shit because i'm not in there <laughs> he was that sort of a person and and, and but it's the best gig he's ever did <laughs> because <laughs> because um all the scenes that he, that he did was with the kids and everything he was doing he was making the kids laugh, so so they said, "Okay, we we're gonna have to, you're gonna have to walk 
behind this wall and shout your wor- words over the wall but the kids were still t- still laughing their asses off and so it's like oh well we do it in post-production so so hopefully if chris columbus said there is like a th- three-hour version add in rick everything should be rick <laughs> oh god and yeah yeah and that's the reason why um, this is the reunion special Harry Potter thing that I needed to convince me, yeah, Harry Potter was my childhood and I can't really turn my back on it, really. Just to have that feeling again. And I haven't seen the movies in quite a long time, and I'll probably I'll, I'll probably pinch a leaf out of your book for the air and probably rewatch them again. It was really nice to go back and rewatch Philosopher's Stone, and I just remembering all of the different things coming out of that film. <laughs> it's been a while since I last watched it, so it was yeah. really it was really good. I wouldn't be half surprised if I can actually reword it exactly the same. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> oh, I I hear you. I feel like there was a time when I knew Philosopher's Stone and Chamber of Secrets like the back of my hand, like I could recite it. Oh yeah, I learned it. a lot of parcel tongue after Chamber of Secrets. <laughs> 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 I even made notes. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> That's how much in love I was with Chamber of Secrets. <laughs> I love it. That's great. I like spiders. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. <laughs> Why couldn't it be follow the butterflies? I know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. Ron was yeah. a bit of a bitch. <laughs> Especially number two. Well, scared cat. Yeah. And then it just continued on there. And then, yeah, in Azkaban, he is a... I... Not to go on a tangent, but, yeah, I still really hate um, the way that... I mean, I, I haven't read the book in a long... Like, in longer since... You know, it's been longer since I've read the book than I've watched the film, but Goblet of Fire... I fucking... I've always hated the fact that Ron and Harry are, like, fighting for half of that story. Um... So and so, yeah. Watching him in the film is really frustrating, but the the like you know they play it really well. Like they do a really really good job, but it's so hard to watch because it's like, but your best yeah. friends, you love each other. What do you mean? <laughs> Where did this jealousy come from? Like it was just, and then it's the same with like Deathly Hallows when you skip forward yeah. and and Ron gets jealous of whatever is going on between Harry and Hermione, which is nothing, of course. But, you know. But they did dance yeah. together. But they did have a lovely dance. Um, and then Ron cracked the shits, and that was really stupid. Anyway. I think I'm starting to feel you about Ron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love, Ru- I love Rupert Green. I love yeah, yeah, Rupert yeah. Green. It's an interesting take. All right, I'm calling time. Uh, we are leaving Hogwarts now. Mm-hmm. Because we have one more thing to talk about, and I don't have too much to say about it, so hopefully this will be brief, because the show is running long, as it already is, which I am not surprised to see, but that's okay. Hope you guys are enjoying listening. 
to the show. Well, you put in um, two things that I like to talk about. <laughs> yeah, and it's great. It's been a great chat so far. This is awesome. Yeah, we laugh, we cry, change our life. <laughs> <laughs> yes, a hundred percent. Okay, the life-changing podcast continues and will end with our uh, discussion on the first two episodes of the Book of Boba Fett. Um, a further expansion into the Star Wars mythos on Disney Plus. Um, sort of a Mandalorian season two point five sort of a thing. Um. And um, I'm I'm enjoying it so far. I I you know it's not entirely what I was expecting it to be, um, and mostly I say that because uh, I was not expecting um, so much of it to be set in a flashback, um, which I'm just concerned a little about. I will say um, in terms of the the pacing of the show and the structure of it, if it's wise to have so much of it in flashback when the the present quote unquote present day storyline is is uh also very interesting. I mean they're both interesting, but like there's there's some pretty interesting and intense things afoot in the main storyline. So the fact that we're spending so much time with what happened to Boba after he fell into the Sarlacc pit, um is just yeah, it's good and it's bad for me. Um I mean that said, I fucking squealed when I saw the Sarlacc pit at the start of episode one. I was like, two minutes in and we're getting the fucking Sarlacc pit and how he gets out of it and everything. And I was like, this is fantastic. Um, Straight to the I point. was very happy. Mm. Straight to the, yeah, fucking let's go. Let's right in here. I, th- I thought that was awesome. I wasn't expecting that. Um, yeah, so it was good to learn about how how he got out of that and what happened to him. And, you know, we see the Jawas take his armor away and like, well, that's how Cobb Vanth gets it. Um, and, uh, yeah. And then he ends up, um, with the Tuscan Raiders, the sand people. So, um, and, and I, and I like the fact, like, I like the flashbacks and the fact that they're, they're, uh, expanding the culture of, of the Tuscan Raiders. Like, you know, we're learning more about them and their way of life, their mythology, their, you know, their whatever their religion, their beliefs kind of are, it seems to be their kind of spiritual way of, of living um, with like, you know, the whole lizard and the, and the head thing was really interesting. Um, like in, in terms of like a kind of a ceremonial initiation mm. into the tribe um, and, uh, you know, getting one's gaffy stick like that. That was just, yeah, it was all really cool. And Boba getting his... Um, you know, his outfit and everything. Like, it's just, yeah. And Tamira Morrison, man, he's smashing it. Like, he's... I'm so glad that he was able to come back and do this show. Um, he's such a badass. And it's such great representation for First Nation people. Like, for him to be a Maori, um, you know, in a Star Wars thing, you know. And yes, Boba Fett is a character who's known for wearing his helmet, but he's not wearing the helmet as much, obviously. Because, like, most of it's set in flashback so far, but it's so good to see him front and center because um, he's he's a very underrated performer. So it's it's just wonderful to see him finally get some um, attention and some spotlight. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to see where this goes um, and really interested in how the crime world of Tatooine works. Like I'm excited to learn more about that and you know um, 
these cousins of Boba Fett, these twins, sorry, twins, fucking Jabba the Hutt, Jabba the Hutt, Jabba the Hutt, cousins of Jabba the Hutt, twins, on this fucking, they, what they were calling the, it a litter yeah. that they ride around on. Huge and, litter. Huge. And these fucking poor slaves of theirs carrying them. I fucking love that, though, the fact that they're not standing still. Like, you can see them visibly shaking. Yeah, they're struggling. I thought that yeah. was a... They're struggling to hold them up. I thought that was a beautiful touch. Beautiful little little subtle touch. Um, so that was interesting. This badass freaking Wookiee. <laughs> I know. Um, like, holy shit. <laughs> Apparently he's he's like he's in the, the comics, I think. The Star Wars comics. Yeah. Um, they pulled him from that. Like He's this legendary uh, Wookiee bounty hunter. So I can't wait to see more of him. I've My god. Um, so curious. Can't wait to see all the cosplays um, for that now. I know, right? There's going to be some sweet cosplays going on. Um, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I kind of like the uh, the world building with you know Moss Espa and this mayor that's kind of corrupt, obviously, um, and the way very that the, the society. Yeah, very much so, and very in it for his own gain, and happy to put the blame on it, you know, because clearly he was the one that hired the assassins, right? And then he's like, oh no, it's the huts, blame the huts, you know, it's not my fault. Here you go, have some money, I killed the guy for you. Um, Yeah, very interesting, very interesting. Um, What else can I say? Um... I don't know what else I can really say. I mean, I'm just just apart from the fact that I'm enjoying I'm enjoying the show. I'm cons- I'm concerned about where it's going, but I'm keeping an open mind and I'm staying optimistic because it's more Star Wars content and it's I love the fact that we're learning more about Tatooine really. So I'm 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 keen for more of the A storyline um, because I feel like the B plot is. I hope they don't drag it out too much with the Tuscan Raider flashbacks because I feel like they've done a lot of that already and I don't think they need to do much more, but who knows? Like, it's still good. It's still very well-made television. So, I don't know. I trust John Favreau. I trust uh, Robert Rodriguez. Um, so, yeah, we'll see what and happens. Dave Filoni. And Dave Filoni. Is he involved in this? Uh, the second producer, yeah. Okay. All right. Beg my pardon. Before I let Folia speak, though, I just have to say one thing. I loved the Sarlacc, not the Sarlacc pit. Fucking my, I'm getting tired. My words are going. So I'm just going to say one more thing and then I'm shutting up. Um, the Rancor fake out <laughs> was fun. Like the fact they put the assassin in there and they did the whole thing where the, you know, the throne moves forward over. So you're getting Return of the Jedi vibes and yeah. And then there's no Rancor because obviously Luke killed it. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I just, I I totally fell for it. Um, I thought that was really cool. So yeah. Anyway, Fulia to you, to you. How how are you feeling about the book of Boba Fett so far? I personally am enjoying it. Uh, Learning more, like learning more about Boba Fett, his backstory, from when he got out of the Sarlacc pit to where he's gotten to. The fact that these are also dreams for him. These flashbacks are dreams. Yeah. Um, as yeah. he's healing in this sort of water tank pod thing, um, which is really cool. Um, I just, like the world building of this for me is really, really awesome. Mostly because... 
I'm learning more about the lore of Star Wars as these things come out. So, you know, the, the films, the shows, um, the the animations and all that sort of stuff. So I really, even though I've only sort of watched through them maybe once or twice, I still in I still learn something from it. And so the book of Boba Fett right now, I am learning so much about a character that was only like that was not wasn't even supposed to be a big character in the franchise originally, um, which is really really cool. And the fact that also that Tamara Morrison was Django Fett, like in the, um, in the prequels. Prequels. To then ending up becoming Boba Fett, uh, which that's just like that's a really good sort of like circle that they've sort of come like come around to. Well, that's cloning yeah. for you, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Um, I I really enjoyed. Um, the, the flashbacks about the Tusken Raiders, like I kind of, I kind of felt bad for Boba when they captured him, but then as sort of time progressed, when he spent more time with the Tusken Raiders, he's, uh, he's learned a way to earn their trust. Um, especially after saving, um, their child, um, one of the child Tusken Raiders, and just like to the next point where he ends up saving, like helping save the village, teaching them how to use these hover bikes and um, just, you know, how to ride them. And then, you know, putting together this whole mission and all that sort of stuff. I really enjoyed that. Um, mm. And the fact that the one thing that I'm still trying to get my head around is that, in order to communicate with the Tusken Raiders, it's sign language. Yeah, he has to use sign language with them, um, mm-hmm. purely because you know the the language that they're speaking. Obviously, he can't understand. So the only other way he can communicate with them is by sign language, which is really awesome. Um, which is another form of representation in in in, yeah. in in a film, which is really cool. Hell yeah. Um. So yeah. Um. I I agree that I think I've had my fill. Of Tuscan Raiders. <laughs> Let's move on, shall we? <laughs> I think there's just going to be one more flashback. Yeah, probably. I I, I agree. Because essentially, yeah. it's him trying to find who's uh, who, who's got his um, armor. Yeah, that's that'll be the I next phase it. of that. Yeah. Yeah, and like, and and him. I'm I'm still wondering if we're going to get to see him um with Fennec Shand like you know saving her and you know recuperating her when she almost died oh yeah died that's true so that's kind of they might do that as yeah. well yeah yeah maybe but they may not because we you know we know from Mandalorian yeah. so but yeah who yeah. knows but I am really enjoying enjoying this so I'm looking forward to whatever episodes are left <laughs> uh Excellent. Five is like left. F- five or s- I think it's a seven, seven episode. Seven? Seven episode thing. Yeah. So me. Um, yes, go. What do you I'm, think? I'm enjoying it. Uh, yeah. Didn't expect to rely heavily on flash. Excuse me. Flashbacks. 
But I think that's probably the story that they're telling. It's going to be a little bit of backstory of where he is at the moment and also of his <laughs> of his rebirth of of uh, Bubba Fett coming out of the Sarlacc pit. Hand in, you know, it's that scene from. It, we've all seen it. That scene from uh, Parks and Recreation with Pat Oswalt uh, oh gerrymandering and actually verbatim of what was happening. How fucking good was that? <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. I, oh. I have not seen Parks and Rec, but I know that scene. <laughs> yeah. I know. I, I'm a big fan of Parks and Rec, as you guys are probably well aware. But yeah, when... Um, when I, I like, I haven't seen the show in years, so I have to kind of forgotten about that moment. But when I, I, I was like, look, like reading about Boba Fett online, and just to see a few articles pop up about how Patton, I think he tweeted it or something about, or someone tweeted him, and he was like, oh shit, like this is awesome, <laughs> um, like the fact that yeah, he actually, <laughs> like it was all improv, improv, yeah. like he just, he just set it off the cuff. And the fact that he kind of fucking nailed how the show Including started. Including the hand coming like, out of the sand. Yeah, yeah. Like, just, wow. Talk about... Uh, Putting it know, out into um, the universe. Yeah, some weird kind of foreshadowing going yeah. on. So, it's awesome. So, yeah, um, it's probably going to be the... Yeah, it's the book of Bubba Fett of how... Where, where he is now and what he's trying to be. And, yeah, I've heard... A couple of gripes about oh he's taking his helmet off too much. It's like well if you want to see that it's Mandalorian. They're already doing it in Mandalorian. Yeah, I've been true. hearing some negative things about the fact that the first episode was just nothing to them. <laughs> like there wasn't much to go off to then continue on. Yeah, true. It's just setting up as like okay he is um, he is. Now in charge of the hut, hut palace, and we're just flash back to where, what he's been doing since being digested, and there, there was not really a story. I mean, it's slowly becoming, uh, essentially the um, on Tatooine, and dealing with the sort of hierarchies and sort of the um, the vacuum that. Uh, is taking place because of um, him taking over the throne is sort of turning into the B plot and the and the A plot is the flashback, which is kind of weird because we're focusing more on the flashback than we are on what's happening. So it's a weird way of storytelling, but I don't mind it because it's it's expanding uh, it's expanding the universe. It, it's uh, diving into the Tuscan Raiders and ha- how they are not that two—they're <laughs> not that two-dimensional than of what we've seen in New Hope of these uh, of these savages of the of the desert that that um, try and ride in single file so they can hide it, hide their numbers and just attacking um, people for no reason and shooting. Pod races as well. Yeah, wow. Thank, <laughs> thanks for the reference. <laughs> Get it? Sam people, they got guns. <laughs> <laughs> and um, that train sequence was fucking fantastic. I was yeah. there. Wasn't it? It was really enjoyable. And it's like... Yeah. Ne- <laughs> I, I, 
it's it's that old westerns like attacking the train and it's it's in a star wars universe it's like yay sweet (laughs) i love it more of that please Mm. but less Mm -hmm. of the back 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 of the flashback yeah it's a weird thing all the cool stuff is in the flashback and 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 the the b plot is mostly talking yeah so yeah Exposition. Yeah. A little. So it's an it's an it's an interesting story to tell, and we're we're less than halfway. We're we're sort of it's uh, it's the tip of the iceberg of, of this uh, of uh, the book of Boba Fett, and I'm in uh, I'm I'm enjoying it. Wonderful. And yeah, I, I was going to say about the um, helmet thing. I suppose you can probably pass that off as he's not he's not ashamed of his face because I think because him wearing the helmet all the time he does he doesn't want to um like signal the fact that he is a clone and yeah. and all the other um uh stormtroopers are clones and so he wants to dis- distance himself from that that thing and and I suppose after the fall of the empire, there there are no stormtroopers. Uh, there's only a handful of clones like out there, and he's just making a name for himself as as a new crime boss. So I can probably get around to yeah, he's taking off. He, he's more he, he's more likely to take off his his um helmet as a bit of a peace offering of uh I. I am not a threat to you, and that's why he's sort of going into that cantina. That's, that's, um, that's, yeah. And I suppose he's putting his helmet on for a bit of more of a power play. It's like I'm prepared to take lives and <laughs> take asses and 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 was it and kick names. That's it. I yes. was trying. I yes. was trying to yes. say it wrong in my head, so I can say it wrong in my head. Yeah, and you almost say yeah. it right. Yeah. <laughs> I did that last time I tried to do that. I did the same yeah. thing. Like, wait, wait, is take names and kick ass? No, it's the other yeah. way around. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. It's the, yeah. yeah. It's not rocket surgery. No. No. <laughs> I no, said that to, I said not. that to Sammy. It's like, no, that's the wrong way. It's like, I know. You don't get me at all. <laughs> but, we li- but, but we love each other. Yeah, that's yeah. all that matters. Won't sit down to watch Star Wars, though. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome, guys. Um, fantastic discussion. Uh, I imagine we will be back next week to uh, continue the Book of Boba Fett as it moves along. Um, so stay tuned for more of our thoughts on that. We'll see where that show goes. Um, so for now, um, that was Popcorn Culture. It was. And it was. It's done. <laughs> um, and before we go, one quick plug. Fulia and I um, must mention, um, because it's been a minute um, and we have not had the opportunity, uh, there was a new episode of the monthly yes. that dropped. Um, just over a week ago, uh, almost two weeks ago now, but it is still, uh, still bears repeating because, um, 
Yeah, we talked about Ghostbusters. Um, specifically Ghostbusters 2, um, because I introduced Folia to the film, as we mentioned earlier in the show. Uh, you know, because I was definitely on the hype train for Ghostbusters Afterlife, and part of me is still on it. Um, so yeah, we just had a big old Ghostbusters chat with the second film in the franchise as a centerpiece, and then just kind of touching on the franchise as a whole. It was a lot of fun, wasn't it, Folia? Yeah, it was. Definitely go check it out. It is now available on all yes, of your podcast feeds. it sure is. I highly recommend it. It was a good listen to. Oh, you liked it? Yes. Hey, thank you. <laughs> so Thank you. I'm glad you liked it. <laughs> ah, awesome. Um, I like good. it as a straight slinky. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love Egon, man. Oh, fuck. um okay cool um that is it that is done first first episode of 2022 and that was a podcast called fred remember to follow us on facebook instagram and twitter for the latest fred content if you'd like to listen to Freddy Alien, you can find us on SoundCloud, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. If you like to watch Fred the Alien, you can head over to youtube.com forward slash Fred the Alien Productions. Yes, do it, do it, do it. I've been a Kendall Richardson. I've been a Fulvia Kantarmaja. And I'm a voter. Can you just lie to me and kiss my butt, Michael Lister? <laughs> Uh, and <laughs> you just, just experienced a, a podcast, podcast called Fred. Remember to eat beef. Remember, Freddy lives, Loki dies, the doctor is in, and we're ready to believe you. Hey. <laughs> Well said. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you to yes. you. Thank you to our listeners. Thank you for listening. We appreciate you all. I hope you all have a wonderful week. Look after yes. yourself and your mental health. Yes, absolutely uh-huh. must do, especially in these trying times. Um, yes. Have a great week. We'll be back next week. See. See.